Steve Allen. I love the way Duncan Barks goes, <clears throat> vodka at that time of the afternoon. And I'm thinking, it was two o'clock, <clears throat> I go to bed at six. I mean, that's kind of like my evening, two o'clock in the afternoon. I actually get so much done. In fact, I had to write down exactly what I did yesterday. I did loads of things, including my long walk. And, uh, and then I would have had an interview the other day for In Conversation, but unfortunately the person um, who was doing it can't make it because they were over in America, so that was cancelled. Then it was scheduled for this morning, but now through a different PR company, and they've said, OK, um, we, we can do it, but it'll have to be down the phone, and we can give you ten minutes. And we've said, well, that's not much use to us, and we don't, we don't do interviews down the phone, I'm afraid. We, we do them face-to-face. If somebody like Tony Bennett and Beckham and everybody else can come in, then this person certainly can come in. But you know what PR companies are like? They're, they're trying to arrange all the interviews so the person, you know, isn't going to be too stressed out. But I've done big people before. You know, we don't have a problem with that. But two o'clock in the afternoon, quite normal for a vodka. You know, it's, it's different time. It's different time and Pim's o'clock. And you have it if you go to bed early. If I didn't go to bed till midnight, then I could quite understand why, you know, somebody would think drinking at two in the afternoon would be unusual. But pubs are open at two in the surprisingly. Open from ten in the morning, but uh, I'd had such a... I'd done everything yesterday. I'd done everything I could. Because, you know, I got a bit panicky over the uh, over the car insurance. Did I tell you about the car insurance? I can't remember if I told you about the car insurance. Because I got an email, <coughs> excuse me, from Admiral. I'm with Admiral. And the email had said... I thought it said, anyway. Because sometimes I have to reread things. I'm quite good at, at reading. I, I, can do, I can do my Janet and John books and everything else. So I'm reading the thing, and I'm sure it said... Don't, uh, you know, if, if everything is correct on this, you want to renew your insurance, this is how much the premium is, and don't do anything, it's automatic. We will charge this credit card number, and they just give you the last four digits. So I thought, that's fine, that's what I want to do. I'm waiting for the documents to come through the post. But, of course, insurance companies don't send documents through the post now. What you do is you access your own documents online, then you can print them off if you so desire. <coughs> Excuse me. So, yesterday, I get onto Admiral... And you have to put the push button one, push button two, push button three. Hold on the line for to speak to if it's if it's a multi-purpose policy for two cars or anyway. So eventually we got somebody who was called Costas. So I thought I'm on home territory here. I'm fine. I could, I could talk to Costas about this. So I, I explained the situation. He said, "I'll just have a check." He said, "Can you give me a policy number?" I said, "I can't." I said, "Because I can't access my thing because I've forgotten my password, which doesn't help." And then I, it, it gives you three, three questions. What was the name of your first pet? What was, the, what was your mother's maiden name? And what was the first airline you flew on? Well, I can't remember for Toffee. I mean, I put down mother's maiden name, what I thought was pet's first name, and then I put down uh, the airline I thought I'd flown with, and it turned out that they, they were wrong. One of them was right, two were wrong. So I eventually sort of get through. So I'm, I'm speaking to Costas about this. He said, well, we'll sort that out later. He said, first of all, he said, right, let's have a check, blah, blah, blah. Yes, he said, you, you, you have, you know, you are, you are covered, insurance is running, everything went through quite smoothly. I said, when do I get the documents? He said, you don't, you have to access them. I said, OK. So I said, all right, I'll, I'll do that. It was then that I'd forgotten the password, so I then get through to the call centre. Somebody called Paul, but he was quite clearly in India. He was quite clearly in India because he didn't sound like Paul to me at all. In fact, he was quite clearly working to a script, so he was sort of following his script, and I'm trying to deviate and get him away from the script so I could find out how to reset the password. In the end, he sent me a new password... And then I could reset everything. So I've done that and I've accessed the document. And thank God I'm insured. Because you worry about these things, don't you? I don't, well, some people don't worry about them. I do see people driving around town. They don't even look as though they've got a driving licence. They really don't. And so at least I'm insured. So that's fine. So that's sorted out for another year. Then I spoke to John Warrington, who'd sent me some lovely uh, recordings of shows from the television, which I was watching. And I watched the one the other day about Prince Philip's mother. 
You know, the, the, the Princess Alice, I don't know if you saw it, and it turned out she was put into a home. She was the one, when he got married, she dressed as a nun and walked down the aisle of St Paul's or whichever, whichever church they used in London. And, of course, prior to that, Prince Philip was seen marching with the Nazis. There was, there was lots of footage of him with sort of the Nazi hierarchy. Anyway, all of that just revolved around the fact that his mother was put in a home and then they were exiled and then it, it, it all became a little bit messy. But either way, they had loads of people talking with great affection about Prince Philip. Not that he's, he's going anywhere at the moment, I hasten to add. But just being, just being nice about him, saying he was good fun and the dinner party. I mean, life in London must have been, must have been one riot. But then I did think, as I came through London this morning, and I, I came through Knightsbridge, and I looked at the French Embassy, which is just backing on to Hyde Park, and it's a huge monster of a building. It's enormous. And I then began to think, because I've been around some of the big squares, and they're full of embassies, and I think, why aren't the embassies in, in poor parts of the capital? You know, why, for example, is the French Embassy, why has it got to be some huge building? But, I mean, what do they do in there? What are they, are they making things? They're doing strings of onions or something like that. They're stereotyping. They're stereotyping. All the French stink of garlic. Yeah, and they drink red wine and they hate us. They burn sheep in the streets and they don't like the Brits. <laughs> Unless we're in the Dordogne or somewhere like that. But I just wondered what they do in this embassy. I mean, it's a vast building. There must be loads of staff in there. Is it just the best freebie going? What sort of things they have to deal with? I never see people going in or out. I just see a load of cars there. They never pay parking permits, but that's the same with all the embassies. Any, any time they get a parking ticket... They never pay them. I think some of them have racked up huge amounts. And then you look at all these other embassies. Why aren't they in Crouching? Why isn't there an embassy, the Turkish embassy in Twickenham or something like that? Why do they have to be in all the posh bits? Because the answer is they're on the best little freebie going. You're being sent to London for a year. Whoa, what do we do there? You don't do anything. You just eat, drink, shop. You don't have to do anything at all. Because I don't know what they do. I've really got no idea, but I'd, I only thought about that as I came through this morning. Funny, I've been driving through for, for donkey's years. And then I think I got a parking t- I got a parking fine. Not parking fine, a speeding fine. On the Cromwell Road yesterday, as I was driving back home, because, you know, I, had to, I drove in and then drove back out again. And, and I drove, and as I, I went over a set of traffic lights, it flashed twice. I thought, oh, God, that'll be a blooming thing, won't it? Because Jordan got done the other day, and she's been banned from driving, but the ban is suspended at the moment, pending an appeal. And she's disputing the fact who was driving the car because apparently Jordan is so unorganised that she doesn't know who's driving her cars because there are lots of people insured. She said there are loads of cars on my drive. To me, it sounded like flim flam. Loads of cars on the drive. They can't remember. Do you remember there was the other couple who were in politics? Can't remember their names now. She was quite feisty and he was a bit of a dipstick. Used to wear little bow ties. Who? No, no. Who was the politician? Oh, God, I can't remember who they were. They had a run-in with Mohammed El-Fayed. They're very famous. Christine and Christine Hamilton. And her, they, they go out to do a gig one night, and they can't remember which one of them was driving the car on the way back. <laughs> Come on. How stupid do you think we are? <laughs> I mean, you must remember these things. How can you not remember? If you can't remember, you shouldn't be behind the wheel of a car. Who was driving? Can't remember. Well, you cannot... How do you not remember? I always remember. I'm always behind the wheel of the car. Always. Mainly because nobody else drives it. But all these people, Jordan has, has used this same one again, where she said, uh, well, listen, I definitely wasn't driving. It was, uh, it was Leandro. So she's already got him insured on her cars. It's not bad. For, I wonder how many of you with boyfriends and girlfriends have got them insured on your car. Probably hardly any of you. And, uh, and, we, and we kicked out fiancé. Yeah, right, fiancé. <laughs> Dipstick, if you ask me. 84850, steve at I did see Prince Andrew abseiling the shard. Um... How they got ropes to support him, I'll never know. Which I thought was quite uh, quite funny. He, he sort of he did it very slowly. He didn't look as though he was fit, did he? 
And then uh, old Harry came out, and they primed a six-year-old. Could you say to him, nice to see you with your clothes on? Because you can get six-year-olds to say that to somebody. And so they, so they did, and then one of the girls kissed him and licked his cheek and all the rest. It was, it was quite nice. He did his, he did his bit, for, bit for charity, and everybody was, everybody was very happy. You know, because that's what Prince Harry does. He's a 27-year-old, really, with the mental abilities of a 15-year-old. He's still messing around like he's at school, because that's what they do. So I saw Prince Andrew upsetting the shard, and then, of course, people have to say, so how, how was it, sir? It's not about me. Not about me. It's about the children on the outward bound courses and all that. And it, and it was that kind of thing. It was sort of, it was Prince Andrew at his, at his most pompous, I thought. You know, I mean, come on, at least be great. Just sort of go, yeah, I had a good laugh doing it. But, you know, it's, whilst it was, it was, it was just he came over as a little bit stuffy. The older he gets, the more stuffy he becomes. Although Noreen says, if you saw Prince Andrew abselling the Shah, there's more chance of me swimming the channel than doing that. Surprising Fergie that didn't get in there for a bit of publicity. <laughs> Yes, it's true, actually. She's gone very quiet. She's probably sunning herself somewhere. It's a very busy life being Sarah Ferguson. She's probably in a, in a retreat somewhere. Uh, will you be going to the Olympics medalist parade next Monday? No. I don't think so. I don't think so. As far as I know, I won't be. But I think we've done... What are we up to? 19 medals. 19 gold medals. God, blimey. Are we good or are we good? We're very good. Thank you for that one. 84850stevenlbc.co.uk uh, any time, apparently, is Tiffin time, says Dee Dee. I like the... Is, is, is Tiffin tea or is Tiffin... Is Tiffin something else? I thought it was tea. If, if it's something else. Apparently, the colour of your bedroom determines whether or not you've got an active FEX life. I'm going to check out what colour my, my room, where, where that fits into the equation, because there's got to be some reason for it. Uh, who do we kick out of Big Brother? I think we kicked out... Samantha Brick. There must be, there's an entry in one of the papers today on the world's most boring woman. And uh, she says the reason she wrote the first article, why everybody hated her, you know, when she said she was so beautiful, is she had a neighbour in Birmingham who uh, didn't speak to her, and so she worked out that's what it was. Sorry? One what? One na- Exactly, one neighbour she wrote this on. And of course, she said, and, and I worked out it was because she thought I was too beautiful. No, dear, it's because she didn't like you. Because nobody likes you, and we haven't changed our opinion of you since we've seen you in the Big Brother house. I mean, apart from the fact that hardly anybody was watching it, nobody likes you. Nobody liked you when you went in. The funniest thing is watching Colleen Nolan, the neediest agony aunt. Oh, what a woman with emotional problems. What a woman with emotional problems. Absolutely ghastly. She couldn't sort out anything. Absolutely dreadful. Um, uh, Ta-ta-ta-ta. Uh, last week you read out an email, says Bridget for me, where I said that Judy was irritating me, being pseudo-friendly to the other housemates, and she's playing a game. You disagreed and said she'd never do that. She was far too old for game-playing. Finally, the housemates can see her for what she is, and they're all now saying she's playing a game and is desperate to win. Of course, but they're all... It's, a, it's not a real situation. She's not playing a game. She couldn't give a stuff about it. She sticks two fingers up to everybody. So it's, it's not play. What she's doing is just sitting in a house. Most of them, they couldn't care less. Ask anybody who knows, who knows Julie Goodyear. She's way too old to be playing games. She's going to give us stuff about playing games. She's just in there. If she's irritating, she's irritating. The trouble is, she was always irritating. And also the housemates. You can't trust Colleen Barking Mad Nolan, Julian Very Snobby Clary. And who else we got in there? You've got one of, the, uh, one of the blokes out of that band. And you've got a couple of loonies from America. I mean, you can't ask them for an opinion. Goodness sake. Nobody's playing a game. I don't think specifically playing games. The ones who were playing games before have been kicked out. I think she's going to win. I think she's going to win. She's not up for nomination, is she? So quite clearly, somebody must like her. 16 past four. This is LB Steve Allen. 
Lovely, actually. Yesterday, there were lots of stories in the papers about Max Bygraves and people saying, of course, you know, he fathered a, a son. He had an illegitimate son and he had an affair. And, of course, it was well known. I thought it was well known anyway that Prince Philip had uh, had had house parties years ago. There used to be quite a number of them and there would be late. There was a very famous singer. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she was always rumoured to have had a fling with, with Prince Philip. Because I should imagine if you're Prince Philip... You know, as in anybody who's in the public eye, especially royalty, you get parties and you get people that go to parties. And eventually, I mean, you know, as you saw with, with Prince Charles, they don't think it's unusual in the royal family for people to have flings. They don't think it's unusual to have affairs. I mean, we all remember what Prince Andrew used to get up to. All, I mean, that, that was well publicised. Prince Andrew was sort of chucking it out all over the place. You know, Charles was the same. Edward, of course... Nobody really should go blind bit of notice of Edward Porcel. <laughs> nobody, and nobody really worried about Princess Anne. But it was always, it was, you know, the men of the family. So, you know, from, from Prince Philip, then down to Charles, and then down to, you know, even Harry, I suppose. Harry just following on the tradition of the royal family. So they take their clothes off. As somebody said on Mock the Week, I mean, good on you, Harry. No, it wasn't Mock the Week. It was that, that ghastly celebrity juice where they put poor Kelly Brook on. She is dim. Oh, she's di- she couldn't even remember. Somebody said, I think Keith Lemon said, so what, what game were Prince Harry playing in Vegas? And um, Was it strip poker, says Kelly Brook. I mean, she's dim. She's dim. You know, in the terms of dimness, she's way down there with all the other plankton. She's not the brightest penny in the box. And then they had some comedian on there who I didn't know who he was. I assumed he was a comedian because he looked like a comedian. Then they had somebody who I think was from the Olympics. And somebody said, who is he? And we all went, I have no idea. Then you had uh, Fern Cotton, who looks great. And then she opens her mouth and talks like a bloke. Sounds like a bloke. And then you've got Holly Willoughby on the other side, who everybody seems to like, don't they? I just, I just, I think there's obviously quite a number of sides, a number of facets to Holly Willoughby. There's the sort of caring, tell us about your, your, your cancer scare on this morning. And then, uh, oh, I tell you, you made the papers today. I tell you, you made the papers. You'll laugh. Oh, you'll laugh. Petri Hoskins in the papers today. Petri Hoskins is in the papers. Now, which paper was it? Was it The Mirror? who tell you, Denise Welsh, on her dreary love life, I clicked with my toy boy lover from the very start. Shut up, old woman. Shut up. Nobody cares. Uh, unfortunately, fake tan, false eyelashes, lip gloss, bikinis, makeup. These are the tots whose parents enter them into British beauty pageants at 20 months old. It's a bit cheap and tacky and naff and horrible. And then you look at the parents and you realise where the kids are going to get it from. And they've got little kids. Unfortunately, the, the kids that they put into these things are, let's just call it this way, they're not the most attractive children in the world. Okay, In America, where they're well-versed in doing the beauty pageants, the kids are all dressed up and they're actually quite, quite bonny little things. Over here, they look like they've wandered in from another planet, I'm afraid. They're not attractive children. It's no good just putting a child up there and going, oh, this, this child is wonderful, because they're not. They don't look at all attractive. They can't pose. They're not, they're not good at it. And the mums and dads, there's Stella and Star here with mum Roxy. You know what family, you know they're chavs. You know they're chavs. And then there's some other girl. There's one here. She's just not attractive. She's just a little girl who they put in a bikini and she just looks revolting. She just looks, they all look disgusting, I'm afraid. There's one here. This is a... a I'll give you a clue to this, this, this kid's name. I mean, they've all got the stupid spellings. This is Diamond Donovan. Diamond is spelt D-Y-A-M-O-N-D. What families do these people come from? What families? You know what families. They're low-rent chavs. You know what they are. You know, fury at kids paraded in bikinis. Sorry, they're what? No. 
They're not being creative. They're exploiting little tiny children. It's disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting. As, uh, as Alison Phillips says, she says, why take your toddler child and dress them up like a woman? Well, if you seriously believe that women look like this, then you need to go and get psychiatric help. Because women don't look like this. It's just cheap, tacky nothing. It's called, apparently, glitz and sparkle. It's low rent, I'm afraid. Low rent. She says, childhood is short enough. Two-year-olds drawing on walls and eating ten packets of Smarties. Great. Don't dress them up and put makeup on them. It's tacky. It's, it appeals to the lowest common denominator. So all the papers have done it today. And then you look at all the parents. I mean, honestly, parents called Roxy. I mean, you know what families they come from, don't you? Uh, here's oh, Denise Welsh's boring, boring life. I clicked with Lincoln in bed. Oh, old woman, shut up. Shut up, shut up, shut up. La, 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 la. Make her go away. Who's the star of the show? Lorraine. Can we take, um... Can we take uh, Alid Jones out of a suit, please, for the television? He looks uncomfortable. You don't need to wear a suit on television. I mean, uh, it's it just... It's, sorry, it's, it's, on, it's, it's on Daybreak, isn't it? He's wearing a suit. Yeah, it, 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 it's a big, colourful, bright set. You don't need it. You know, Nick Ferrari goes casual for most of the time, unless he's got a telly to go to, and then he'll, he'll put a suit on. But Alid doesn't suit him. He's happier in a pair of jeans. Wear a pair of jeans. Dan Lobb wear a, wore a pair of jeans. Put a pair of jeans on. You don't need to wear this. Don't need to wear it. Uh, I'm trying to find the little story of Petri Hoskins. It's ever so funny. Ever so funny. I'll also tell you the colour of room, which is the, uh, the, best sh- the, the, the best shade that you can have in your room for F-E-X. If you, if you don't have any F-E-X going on in your life, it's because your room is painted the wrong colour. Uh, Prince Harry and a cheeky little boy made him blush by saying, I'm glad you've got your clothes on. His mummy obviously said, can you say, I'm glad you've got your clothes on? Because he wouldn't have thought of it by... He wouldn't have had the faintest idea who he was. She did tell him, did she? I thought, yeah, she had to, didn't she? She had to. Uh, Katie Price wants to hire a hunky chauffeur dressed in pink to match her Range Rover. Oh, dear. Well, I shouldn't imagine you have any trouble, dear. Most of your friends dress in pink anyway, so why don't you ask your old makeup artist? He could wear pink and drive for you. I love the way she makes it into some sort of joke. A driving ban... She's infuriated her Argentinian lover, Leandro Penna, who nobody had ever heard of before, but pitched up at an Elton John party for the Oscars. Mm, did he come from an agency, boys and girls? Where did he come from? Uh, Leo offered to drive her, but Katie told a pal, I've always had my independence and I'm not being driven by my boyfriend. I see trouble ahead, but when there's moonlight... Yes, a pal added, she wants a chauffeur all in pink and a fit one as well. It's a power thing. That's why the relationship will not last. That's why the relationship will uh, will close. She's just doing it for publicity purposes. She does it in front of the cameras. So here is the, the great quote. This morning, Thursday, Petrie Hoskin asks Ruth Langsford, would Eamon ever post himself to you? Ali Ross says, only if somebody invented a company called Well-Fed X... Well, because he's he's larger than the average. He's huge. I love the way they sit there. She quite clearly smokes about 500 fags a day. I don't think he smokes. I don't think he smokes. He'd be thinner if he smoked. And uh, another picture of Little Miss UK. This is a, a girl striking a pose at this beauty pageant for kids and toddlers. Miss Glitz Sparkle 2012. Luckily not held down here. Held up in Lincolnshire. Uh, somebody from the uh, Kidscape charity says it's a disturbing trend, the over-sexualising of these children. It is. It is absolutely disgusting. But then you've got low-rent parents. You know, they are the sort of people who go, oh, she looked great, didn't she? She looked great! You know, they're all called Chantel and Chanel and stuff like that, which is horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Good Lord, a picture of uh, Lady Gaga without all her makeup on. 
She's bizarre, isn't she? She's very strange. And uh, David and Vic Beckham, they've put under pressure, but kids' birthday parties. Apparently they're rivalling the, the, the most lavish ones. Victoria pulled some strings to get son Romeo's favourite band, The Wanted, to appear at his 10th birthday party. A source said, Victoria has some handy connections with the band and it wasn't hard to get them along. The band are in the States anyway, so they were happy to pop over. Of course. So well done to them. I could have got them for my party. If I'd wanted the... I'd just have a word with Ashley. and go, Ashley, can you sort out the wanted? And there's a woman in the paper. Now, I don't know whether you ladies pluck your eyebrows. I don't know whether... And if you do it on a regular basis, eventually you have no eyebrows left. And so there's a, a surgeon here. And this, this is a... It's, it's a woman called Claire Culverwell. And she overplucked her eyebrows. So there was nothing left. So what she's done is she's had a six-hour operation in Manchester, which cost her... Three and a half thousand pounds, and they've transplanted hair from the back of her head into her eyebrows. They've they've removed five hundred follicles, and to be honest with you, it looks brilliant. It does look good. It looks very good indeed. So from having no eyebrows to having not big, thick, bushy eyebrows, but they're certainly noticeable. She says, "I didn't understand the harm I was doing to my eyebrows in my teens." So if you are a lady who plucks. You have to be careful because they'll, they'll disappear. But there is an operation. I never even knew. Three and a half thousand. It seems quite good value. Three and a half thousand pounds. Just to get your eyebrows done. I think that's very good. Very good indeed. Might, be, might contemplate that one. Never going to get anything else, am I, I suppose? Uh, Tiffin is in, is, in fact, afternoon tea, says Bob in Manchester. I thought it was. I don't know why it was called Tiffin. It sounds like something from the, the days of the Raj, doesn't it, I suppose? Takes of the Raj. God dear, honestly. Long forgotten, uh, long forgotten phrases. Uh, did you watch Citizen Khan yesterday, Steve? No. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. I'd better, in fact, I went to bed quite early yesterday, having had the vodka and then not remembering. I did remember to wake up. At, it was 11 o'clock last night. I woke up and I thought, oh, congestion charge, 10 pounds. And then somebody said this morning, Rupert Bartier said to me, he said, do you think somebody did it for you? And I thought, never crossed my mind, actually. It never crossed my mind, but I, I went to... Do, no, and I'm, I'm convinced I did, at some point, I can't remember when it was, write down... I remember getting my, my credit card out of my wallet, and my wallet was actually by... Oh, all my lights have come on in the studio. I've never had so many microphone lights on. Look, I've got a complete set. Got every, oh, all gone off again. Like Christmas in here. And so at some point, I must have dialed up TFL, unless somebody from here did it. I wonder if Lou did it. It's the kind of thing she would do, actually, and not tell me. Because I just, I, began, I thought I was having a breakdown. I thought, I can't remember actually physically doing this and putting it in the cart. But I must have done. I must have done. I sh- what I need to do is print off the receipt and then I'll see if it's got my credit card at the end. If it's the end four numbers of my credit card. In which case, I must have done it. Which means I'm completely losing the will to live. Because I can't even remember doing something like that. Oh, dear. Um, Elizabeth says, we, we love the British. The French embassy is full of cocktail parties, civil servants. Oh, it's civil servants. I thought it was, actually. Of course, you must love it over here. It's a huge place, huge building. I'd love to know what it was. This book, incidentally, a lot of people have asked me about it. Yesterday, it's called Soho and... Oh, now I can't remember. Theatreland. So I'll, I'll check it for you. Soho and Theatreland. And it's got some pictures of Leicester Square, of this building, and what was here before... On this site was a printer's, then it became a school, but next door to us, the building next door, which as is at the moment, is above the wine bar, it is part of us, was here where next door to that was the biggest, biggest theatre you've ever seen in the whole of London. It was pulled down in 1936, but I wish they'd left it. It was glittering chandeliers, 
It was the biggest place in Leicester Square, and it was right next door to us, and it's got photos. I think it's called Soho and Theatreland. It's one of these books which has got photos of London as it used to look, and then a photo taken now, and it's amazing. Always, I said, in London, you want to see the history? Look up. Look up, because it's very rarely changed. It's LBC 97.3. It's 4.30. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. So, the grand old Duke of York, he had 10,000 men. Case comes up next Tuesday. And uh, this one uh, went up, and when he was up, he was up, and when he was down, he was down. Yes, the Duke of York was up there, and then he, uh, after years of dreadful publicity gaffes, he finally has done something right. And so he raised some money. As many of you have written in to tell me, you wouldn't do it, I wouldn't do it either. There is a, in fact, I felt physically ill looking. I'm going, as you know, I'm going to Vegas at the end of the month. And there is a roller coaster around the outside of one of the hotels. And there's another one which is on the top of the hotel and the car just drops forward. And you can hear the screams from the ground. And I'm determined this time to do it. I'm trying to overcome my fear of heights. It's not easy. I'm, I'm really... I mean, I, I get bad on a two-step stepladder. I can get quite, quite dizzy. Quite, quite dizzy. Steve, they should dress Alec Jones in a chorister's surplus so people might recognise who he is. Do you know that he's uh, ma- actually married into the Fawcett family? The Fawcett family, big circus family. And he lives up in Blackpool. I'm assuming he must have a place down here as well. Um... Rob says, I have a friend who's overplucked her eyebrows and now has to draw them in. Ironically, she looks permanently surprised. <laughs> Uh, Joanna says, I had my congestion charge paid automatically. Are you sure you haven't set this up yourself? No, no, I do it each and every time because I don't, I, I hardly ever bring the car in. And if I do, it's at the weekend where you don't have to pay it. So it's definitely not, definitely not. Uh, 84850, Steve at uk. Uh, somebody else is saying uh, here. I have to read them out because some of them are just a, just a little bit sad. And this is this is actually quite a sad one here. Somebody who who likes uh, most haunted, you know that uh, that freak show on the television, and says, uh, "How come you have to watch Towie for work? No, I don't have to watch it, but I get paid for watching it. Don't have to watch it, but you don't have to watch a controversial new sitcom. What's controversial about it? What's controversial? Don't be such a silly girl." Ridiculous. And it is it is an addiction to the only way is Essex. Of course it is. Fantastic. And to get paid for talking about it, even funnier. Even funnier to get paid for talking about something that is absolutely disgustingly tacky and naff is brilliant. I laugh to the bank. I laugh all the way to the bank. Tiffin did originate in India. In fact, when we were, in fact, when we were, their recent afternoon tea in the hotel was called Tiffin Time. Yes, I'd heard that. I'd heard it was called, it was Tiffin. I think it featured in some of the carry-ons. I think. 84850, steve at So all the papers have got lovely pictures of uh, uh, the Duke of York coming down, down, down from the Shard. I mean, it, admittedly, he's supported on every rope under the sun. There is every piece of... Ro- they're not going to risk anything like that. They're absolutely not going to risk it because he's, uh, he's, he's Prince Andrew. No matter how much you like him or dislike him, he's still Prince Andrew. So they're going to make sure it's really safe. You just wouldn't have got me to climb over the side of the building. How that man climbs up buildings with no ropes on him. You know, this one who's like the human spider. He's like spider. He climbs up vertical buildings. I've seen people climbing up rock faces. And then the camera shows you what's... Oh, dear. I get sweaty hands thinking about it. I can stand on a piece of glass 
with nothing below you. That doesn't bother me in the slightest. It's the fact that these people, this man who climbs up the outside of buildings with his bare hands, just supposing you put your hands into what you think is a window frame and it's not fixed permanently and it pulls... Oh, dear. Dear, I mean, that would just do me in. We've all got things that we're frightened of and for me it's, it's heights. I like, I like scaring myself. I do like roller coasters. I look at them and think, I'm never going to do that. I'm all right if I can take somebody else on with me. If I can take somebody else on with me, I'm fine. Unfortunately, they're, they're generally younger than me, and it's generally the godchildren. Although Nathan won't go on anything like that. It's only Charlotte who loves stuff like that, so we're all right there. Currently 18 degrees in London. Very quiet. Very quiet out there this morning. I like it. It's a good time. Sure sign the little kiddie winks are back at school. They'll go back to school today. Went back yesterday, some of them. And uh, and all these, the students have left London because they've got to go to school as well in their countries. So Leicester Square, almost deserted. Only a couple of drunk old baggages falling into the road, hotly followed by their girlfriends. And uh, they were tottering about on the heels, little black dresses. It's funny, isn't it? The, the, I was laughing with somebody the other day about the picture of Kelly Brook in Los Angeles going to a casting director but having to walk. And I did point out on the programme that in Los Angeles, nobody walks. Everybody takes cars. The car drops you off right outside the door. And there she is walking, because it's obviously a photo opportunity for somebody in America. Presumably her, her publicist over here. Uh, rest of the uh, the day, currently 18 degrees. It'll be later on 23. They said yesterday it hit about 25. I don't believe it was 25. Sam Pitters said to me, he said it won't hit 25. It was, pardon me, it was certainly warm. Uh, tonight you're going to you're going to get some drizzle, I'm afraid. A little bit of drizzle later on. That'll die out. It'll be dry conditions overnight. Tomorrow, some areas of low cloud to start. That'll disappear to leave most places with a dry and sunny day. The high, 23 degrees. Uh, further three-day forecast. Thursday, chilly, but sunny to start. Cloud increasing later. Friday, Saturday, dry with good periods of sunshine. Feeling warm. So that's good, isn't it, for Friday and Saturday? I suppose for many of you, you love that kind of weather. For me, it's just horrid. Yesterday, it was so hot. It was, I, mean, I don't think it was the 25, but it was, it was just not, not very nice. Uh, 84850. Uh, New York, New York is the hotel with the... Uh, no, no, the New York, New York one has got the uh, roller coaster running outside because you can stand on the strip and watch it. The one that's at the very top, I, I'll have to find out what it is. I think the ride is called Oblivion. But the Hotel New York, New York... No, that's got the roller coaster that runs... It just looks like a normal roller coaster, which is next to the hotel. You can see it standing on the strip. I must. I can't wait to go. Actually, I'm quite looking forward to going back. I looked at the hotel again, and uh, it looks quite. We've got our own pool and everything. You know, like they've all got pools there. So I must remember to take my little speedos, so I can sort of go and sit by the uh, the pools. Julie's up for eviction tomorrow night, says Mary. That's in uh, the Big Brother house. There's a man here, Mike Dowdle, and he has a rare syndrome. His girlfriend, I think, is pregnant. They're not married, as you can well imagine. And uh, and she's pregnant. But he's actually come out in sympathy. He's now got a bloated tummy. He's gained weight. He has hot flushes. He's exhausted. He's got cravings. And he's got morning sickness. And they say it's a very rare syndrome. And uh, his, his girlfriend, because he comes from Manchester, he said, people pay more attention to me than they do to my girlfriend. Well, they would. It's slightly odd, isn't it? It's not, not the most normal thing. And the girlfriend says he's being a bit of a girl about it. He's being more than a bit of a girl. It's, it's very odd. She said, he, he said, I was being sick every morning. That's when she began to take me seriously. So he's actually come out. And it reminded me of an old carry-on film. And I think Charles Hawtrey is playing the hapless father-to-be. And he's coming out in exactly the same as the wife who's giving birth. 
He's going, I feel sick. Oh, I can't... Oh, Matron, make it happen quickly. And he's he's being really awful about it. And so here is the pregnant bloke. Because when I first saw it, and it was pregnant bloke, I thought it was the one we mentioned yesterday. You know, the the man who's really a woman who got pregnant, and so they're saying man becomes pregnant. Well, men can't become pregnant. It's a woman. Okay, it's got all the woman's bits and everything else. But anyway, he then ditched the first girlfriend, because obviously there's no more publicity, and he's now with somebody else, and he's hoping to get pregnant again, or she's hoping to get... or somebody's hoping to get pregnant. Either way, they seem to have uh, far too many children. That is good for them. Well done, incidentally, to Ellie Simmons. I mean, what is she? Two golds now. Two gold medals. God, blimey. I couldn't even get one. She wants two more. She'll probably do it. She'll probably do it. She was cheered home in the 200 metres individual medley in which she powered to her second world record. Well done, you. Well done, you. So we've now done very, very well. Uh, Ali Ross is talking about um, great TV lies and delusions of the month. He said here, um, uh, let's do lunch, Gino DeCampo. I don't think you need to lose so much weight. That's to Russell Grant. You certainly do. Celebrity Big Brother, Julie Goodyear. Jasmine, you're a highly intelligent girl. You see, it's good stuff, isn't it? And unfortunately, I have missed out with um, Spencer from, I think, this programme, The Bachelor, which has... It's done reasonably well in the ratings. Unfortunately, it's not done much for poor Spencer, who gets canned at every opportunity. Uh, Another delusion here. This morning's Jeff Brazier. Remember Jeff Brazier? Brazier? We call him Brazier for a reason, ladies and gentlemen. This was the man who made his uh, career on the back of Jade Goody. Well, probably on the front as well, I should imagine. But anyway, and so he's, uh, he was sort of, he was nothing. And then uh, all of a sudden he started doing, th- and he thought he was a TV presenter. Sadly, he's not. He's just an irritating little git from Essex. So that's Jeff Brazier. But he actually pitched up. He says, is there anything more annoying than a telemarketing call? If so, what's actually worse? And Ali Ross has put, this morning's Jeff Brazier. <laughs> he is the most irritating little person. What with him, and occasionally, I think, on this morning, they just put people on there so we can have a good old laugh at them. Because they, they used to put Colleen Nolan on, but they, they got rid of her because, I mean, she was the agony aunt who didn't understand anything at all. She can't even sort her own problems out, let alone anybody else's. She's got no experience over it. She's been a complete drip in the Big Brother house. We've had sobbing in the diary room. And uh, what with her constant chain-smoking, obviously doesn't care about the kids and the, uh, and the husband if she's prepared to puff away that badly. And so you've got her, who used to be on there, and now occasionally they use Kerry Coke Toner, and they stick her on there. But, I mean, she's as bad as Jeff Brazier. Two numbskulls who've got no talent even between them. They don't actually have anything that you can really talk about. Uh, Chris says, I've noticed recently that you occasionally morph into a slight broomy accent. What have you been watching? He says here, as it's reoccurred, I thought I'd let you uh, know. The last time was a few moments ago when you said, looks brilliant. Well, I don't know. I've never noticed that at all on the programme. I, I don't do any accents. So, well, so it's certainly, uh, certainly nothing to worry about. Uh, Bob, on the Tiffin update, says it's from the Raj. And it comes from to tiff, which is to sip. And I, well, I never knew that. Things you learn on the programme. Good Lord, isn't it unbelievable? The things you learn on the programme. It's called the Stratosphere. Plunge and drop. Thank you. Uh, the Stratosphere Hotel. Thank you. Raj in Birmingham. Raj in Birmingham. There you go. Michael in Portsmouth says, say hello to Danny Brown. Why don't you just buy a telephone? Why don't you just buy a telephone? Uh, the hotel in Vegas is the Stratosphere. Of course, we all know this one, don't we? We all know. <laughs> Tiffins are cylindrical steel Indian food containers with several compartments usually used as lunch boxes. Says Sunny Singh in London. Sunny Singh. There's a, I remember seeing, now where was it? 
It was a programme on Mumbai where they take food out. And I can't remember. But whatever it is, it's made in huge vats. And then it's loaded into these metal containers, which these men come in and strap them to their backs. And they've got rice and curry. It looks delicious. In fact, it's making me feel hungry even thinking about it. And they've got all this stuff. And I can't remember if they sell it on the trains or if they, if they sell it in the towns. I cannot remember. There used to be a place in Earl's Court, if ever we were on, in town late at night, and if you didn't fancy the usual obligatory kebab, they would do all the Indian curries. And a curry at about three in the morning was pretty nice. I could eat a curry now, actually. In fact, we have eaten a curry at this time. We have eaten it. When Paul Savory came in, he brought in a curry he'd bought the night before in, uh, in Chinatown from a restaurant he knows, and we heated it up in the microwave. It was delicious. <laughs> I've forgotten just how good curry is first thing in the morning. Thank you to Martin. Who knows that the hotel in Vegas is the stratosphere? I'll have to get... We're, we're not in a big... Well, it is a big hotel. I mean, it must be a big hotel. It's got its own TGI Fridays. But we're just going for a conference. I've got, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. I printed off the e-ticket yesterday. Because unlike most places, you don't get tickets now. Proper physical tickets. You get an e-ticket. So it's sent to you at home on the computer. Where we'd be without a computer? I've got now how people survive without computers. I've got no idea, because it, it does everything. So you can print off your own car insurance, you print off your e-ticket, it's got all the details on there, you take it to the airport, you give it to them, and they go, right, you're on this flight, you're confirmed, because we bought the tickets nearly a year ago, nearly because there was such a good deal on, but we don't know the uh, the seat numbers. We know the seat numbers, strangely, for coming back, but not going out. So I'm looking forward to that, because my friend, I told you, Graham, he said, why don't you fly first class? I said, what's the point? He said, but you can drink at the bar. I said, listen, I just sleep. I just sleep on the plane. That's all I do. I get on planes, I sleep. I don't want to stay awake. I really don't. I might have a little chat to somebody, and that'll be it. The rest of the time, I curl up and go to sleep. I'm quite happy. I don't have any trouble sleeping on, a, on an aeroplane. Some people can't do it. Because somebody said to me yesterday, said, do you want a sleeping tablet? I said, no, no, no. I've just got to remember to go and see Mr Shah and go and get something for taking me insulin over there in one of these cool packs. So I'm sure we'll sort that out. Just a few more things to do, and then it's all done. Is that, oh, and I've got to go to the bank. I've got to tell the bank, before you go, you're going to be using your cards abroad. And I will be using the card abroad. And it makes it easier. Otherwise, they, they, they don't put a block on it, thinking that somebody's nicked the blooming thing. So I've got to do that, and then I should get some dollars. And the, the rate at the moment is about 150-something. It's not bad. It's good for us. Good value. And Vegas, of course, is good value anyway, because they just want you to gamble, which, of course, is the one thing I don't do. This is LBC Steve Allen. 13 minutes to five, Tuesday morning. It's September the 4th and it's 2012, just in case you were sort of worrying about what year you'd arrived in. And uh, the Duchess of Cambridge snubbed at the Paralympics. An Iranian athlete refused to shake her hand when she presented it with a silver medal. This is uh, Merdad Karim Zada who bowed when given the award, but he uh, kept his hands behind his back. He's uh, refused the handshake for cultural reasons, because apparently uh, physical contact between unrelated men and women is forbidden in Iran. So backward, isn't it? I mean, you just wonder how people get through the day. What, you can't even shake somebody's hand? How awful is that? How awful? The Iranian Paralympic delegation told officials that uh, Zeda would have shaken hands if the medal had been presented by a man. God, what a sexist society. The snub came as Kate performed her first official duty. So um, a source had said she had been told there would be no handshake. And a spokesman for St James's Palace said many male athletes from Islamic countries do not shake hands in public with women. They're not related to for cultural and religious reasons. God, it's a religion that needs sorting out. Doesn't it need changing when you think you can't even shake somebody's hand? How sad is that? How sad. Lots of pictures of Prince Harry with his clothes on. Makes a bit of a change, having a good old laugh. 
with all the kids. He obviously does it quite well, and I suppose this will be seen as damage limitation. And, uh, and damage limitation they've done very well with, because now all of a sudden everybody likes him. I don't think anybody worried about it before. People were just saying, and I said, it's just not the sort of behaviour you expect from a member of the royal family. But quite clearly, they've learnt to play it both sides, and they do they do all right with it. Oh, by the way, incidentally, if you're going out today, buy bananas and pineapples. They're going up in price. Uh, they're going to rise as suppliers grapple with soaring costs. Who says this? Fife's. These are the banana people. They blame the relative strength of the US dollar, higher fruit costs, and a 20% hike in fuel prices. And they've said uh, a price rise would be necessary. So, my advice, you can't really stockpile bananas, can you? Not really the kind of thing you can't stockpile. I suppose you can, well, I don't know, can't stockpile fresh pineapple. It's supposed to be quite good for you, fresh pineapple. I suppose you could freeze it. You can't freeze bananas, though. You can't, no, you definitely can't freeze. Something, somebody told me why you can't. I think an enzyme in them does something to them, and I can't remember what it is. Probably turns them black, I should imagine. Probably turns them black. Look at all the people who were abseiling the other day. Mr Caulfield, the billionaire, who... I, I knew it was him in the Spider-Man outfit. It just had to be. And then Fion Haig, old Willie's, uh, Willie's wife, was, was abseiling. The Duke of York went down, 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 and was apparently sponsored by one of his daughters for 500 quid. Would have thought, actually, a thousand. You know, they're supposed to be fairly well off. Not exactly hard up. Perhaps they could have asked their mother for some money. I wonder if she sponsored him for any money. Because, let's face it, Andrew is her rock. She told us that on numerous occasions. Numerous occasions. Rob says, talking of scary heights, if you go up the 2,000-foot Canton Tower in China, they have little bubble cars on the top you can go round the edge in. Oh, grief. Oh, who are you flying with to Las Vegas? A friend of mine. A friend of mine I'm flying with. In fact, actually, I suspect there's going to be quite a lot of us on the aeroplane. I'm not telling you the aeroplane, am I? It's a stupid. Why would I tell you? Why would I tell you which airline I'm going to be flying with? No, I'm, I'm going with... Um, well, I'm going with a friend, but I think we'll be meeting up. There's going to be loads of us on the plane. There might be about another hundred people, I suspect, that we probably know. I've heard about this little bubble car on the top of the tower. I think I've heard of it, which goes round the edge. But I, I get frightened on roller coasters when it goes round the edge of it and you sort of you are hanging over. I don't, that I don't like at all. <laughs> that makes me feel quite, quite queasy at the moment, I'm afraid. A lot of people talk about Michael Jackson. This was a story that we told you yesterday on the programme, that there had been some emails backwards and forwards just before Michael came over to London to do the promotion for the tour, which he was never to do. And people had said that he was drunk, he was, uh, he was in a bad way, and he, he wouldn't have been able to manage the, the shows anyway. They said they would have killed him, which seemed a little bit of a pointless, uh, a pointless thing to say about him. But when he turned up, if you remember, he did it, I think, with Dermot O'Dreary. And it lasted all but a, a few seconds. It was so quick. Hi, thank you. And that was and that was about it. Even I, I think, I think even Dermot O'Dreary looked a bit surprised that there wasn't a bit more of Michael Jackson telling about the tour. But these emails backwards and forwards, easy to say now. I realise with hindsight, you know, you never know if it's true. People could say anything you like and go, "Oh, look, we've actually got all these emails." And and somebody said, "Oh, he he wasn't fit for purpose, and he couldn't, he wouldn't have managed these." These concerts of his life had depended on it, which was a shame. I'd have loved to have seen it. I thought in the DVD, as I said yesterday, he looked great. He looked fit. His voice was good. Everything, everything looked, looked perfect. They would have been sensational concerts. And that's why it makes me laugh. When you, you look at somebody like Michael Jackson, all right, sadly not with us, but you look at the effort that he puts into uh, a show, and he was, he, they just banked them up, didn't they? He was booked for something like 60 shows, which would have, it's a bit like Michael McIntyre. 
Although we laughed about Michael McIntyre yesterday and how much money he's probably going to gross this year. If he does all his shows, and I think he's got something like 100 booked in, 100 shows. Because if you're a comedian, all you've got to do, there's no big fancy sets. There's no big, you know, flash thing. You don't have to dance. You don't have to do flashing lights. You don't do anything at all. They just write a show, go on stage, and they perform it for the year. And then they bring out the DVD, and people who went to the show will go and buy the DVD, thus giving you even more money. I'd be surprised if Michael McIntyre does not gross 20 million quid this year on the shows and on the sales of the DVD. If he did 8 million three years ago, he's bound to top that, isn't he? And so you look at Michael Jackson, and you look at the effort that he puts in, and Madonna, and then you go, and Cheryl Cole's going to be doing her arena tour. Tickets apparently are not going very well mainly for the reason that we pointed out yesterday. She only had something like two or three hit singles. The latest one's not doing particularly well at all. So that's why she's had to come back to promote the thing, to try and get some interest going. But in some venues, the tickets are going for less than the face value, which is you know great news if you're a fan, bad news if you're her. Bad news if you're her, because that's not a good indication. I'd, I can't see all these, all these dates going ahead. I can't see a... Why would you sell out... When you know damn well she can't sing, you know damn well she's going to be puffed after one dance number, and she's got to do a complete show. Does does this woman realise just how strenuous it is? I felt like writing to Ali Jones the other day saying, I'm telling you, getting up first thing in the morning and doing it all the time. For him, he has a family as well, so it's going to be especially difficult. I think even Lorraine struggles at times. On some days you can see she, she looks like she's switched off in a glazed over look. And I think the same for Ali Jones. I've seen people fail before in the pub. They do it for a little while and they go, this is killing. You have to completely turn your life around. So in the case of putting all the effort in, I'm sure that Cheryl's been rehearsing and I'm sure that there'll be an army of dancers who will cover up her inability to keep up with everybody else. Because I've seen her in her, in her videos. She's not a great dancer. Apart from the fact she's only about two foot tall, so you'll never see her. You'll be watching the big screens most of the time. But it'll be interesting. I, can't, well, I think the press are going to be out for her. I think the press are going to be out going, three-quarters empty stadiums, this, that, you know, overpriced merchandise. Because that's how they're going to try and, I think, make the money. And I just don't think it's going to happen. I just cannot see it. On the strength of three hit singles, somebody has risked putting her out into the real world, the world of singers. And it makes me... She talks about her music career. Like, that. that's what she always did. Goodness. Stephen Bakersfield normally of Colcott in Reading, says, I'm going to be in Las Vegas tomorrow. And this afternoon, this was the, the temperature at 2.56. This afternoon, it was 101. 101 degrees. Well, it is the middle of the desert. That was at 2.56 in the afternoon, the temperature at 101. Well, you see, I shall not be going out. I shall be sitting in air-conditioned rooms. I shall be going nowhere. If you go out on the strip in Vegas, you've got to go morning. By the time you get to the afternoon, people are literally dragging their heels and it is baking hot because it's middle of the desert. You have to learn how to how to control it. That's why on every street corner, there are people selling water and and you, you end up buying it because you just need to you dehydrate. Somebody says here, I hope you enjoy your holiday in Vegas. I don't want to see front-page photos of you in the nuddy after being beaten at strip billiards. Ah! As if. I've been to Vegas over 30 times. Let me know if you have any questions. Oh, no, I've been there loads of times as well. Not as many as 30, but I, I do know all the right places. Gordon Ramsay's got a new restaurant called Steak at the Paris Hotel. Get your currency at Ace. 
<laughs> Malcolm says, Tiffin used to be a chocolate bar which contained sugar, syrup, raisins and cocoa. A no-no for you, I fear. And Brendan Romford says, you can freeze bananas, you've got to peel them, wrap them in cling film and freeze. You eat them frozen, they taste like ice cream. Yeah, because when they, after you, if, if, if you freeze them and then you let them defrost, they go all mushy. That was like people who, who want to freeze soft fruit, like strawberries and raspberries and blackberries. You've got to freeze them individually. So when you do them on a tray, you spread them all out, freeze them, then you bag them up. Because if you put them all in the same bag, they go all mushy and horrible. Uh, get over your fears. Do a helicopter ride over Vegas, says Raj. I, d- I don't really... Ha- well, I probably have got enough time for that. I suppose I should really do it. I love flying in, but we, we land uh, middle of the afternoon... So as the as the sun hits its peak, we land in Vegas. And as you know, the airport in Vegas is, is practically at the end of the strip. I'm looking forward to it. I just don't know what clothes... I might have to go out and buy some clothes over there. I'm going to look for a shop that, shells, that shells, sells silk shirts. I've got this... I had a dream last night about buying silk shirts in Las Vegas. So I'm going to go out into some of the, uh, into the shopping malls and go and buy some, some nice shirts, which will be... Uh, which would be good, because you do get very whoop, do, do get very hot over there. So you might as well try and cool yourself down. Lots of water. It's the same here. If it's going to be hot all this week, take water. Every, how many people walk around now with bottles of water in London? Practically everybody. Practically everybody. When we went to watch the uh, Olympic cycling, everybody's got bottles of water. It's the best thing. Chilled bottles. I'll keep one in the car. Chilled bottles of water. I love it. I've got to empty the boot of the car before I go, because I'm doing this private parking. I know they'll have a field day if they open the boot. Uh, you were talking about shaking hands. Steve, I went to my daughter's reports day and when meeting one of her teachers, I always shake hands, put my hand out uh, to introduce myself. And the teacher says, I don't do handshakes. I was just thinking, how, how rude was that? Well, the Queen does it, but she wears gloves, doesn't she? She won't actually press flesh. And uh, I shake hands. I think, I think it's a polite thing. If somebody says, hello, I'm Steve or hello, I'm Martin or whatever, you just shake hands with somebody. Except newsreaders. I don't, I don't touch newsreaders or anything like that because you don't know where they've been. Really, you know, I mean, I, I know roughly. But it's, it's just, I mean, I, I generally go, go for the full-on hug. I'm lying, of course. I don't do anything that involves tactile. I don't do any of that, that tactile rub. In fact, the last person who did it to me was somebody in, in, this, in this building. I, w- I won't name names. And I nearly freaked. I nearly freaked out. They just touched me on the shoulders. And I went, you know, next time, you're in big trouble over that. 84850, steve at Samantha Brick in the paper today. The world's most attractive woman, even done up, still doesn't look great. People loathed me before Big Brother. I hope they've changed their minds. Sadly not, Samantha. No, we still loathe you. In fact, we just think you're a non-entity. You're just a little bit of an attention seeker. We doesn't really have anything going for her, as you demonstrated in the Big Brother house. More on that a little bit later. Plus, uh, the fishmonger, who was gutted at coming second in a fish filleting contest for the 20th time. He's just, he's just one of life's losers, but at least he perseveres. We shall persevere after the news at five, which is coming up next at LBC 97.3. Read for you this morning by Sam Pittis. Alan. Morning, Steve, says Lynn. So you have your seat numbers to fly back from Vegas, but not going out. So they're sure they want you to leave, just not sure yet they're going to let you in. Yes, I didn't understand that either. I leave it up to Daryl. He sorts these things out. Uh, Suzette in Croydon says, I'm a female. No, really? Called Suzette. I thought it was a, I thought it was a man. Says, I work as a cashier in a supermarket. And Islamic men make sure they put the money on the counter when they pay for the goods. And when handed their change, they make sure there's no contact with the hand. Good Lord. How odd. 
How odd. I mean, I understand how religion works, but you think, I mean, that just seems a bit strange. What's the matter with sort of touching and sort of being affectionate? You just want to hug everybody, don't you? Not Well, not everybody. Not everybody. Uh, in the paper today, in the Express, they talk about your health. They're very concerned about your health. So they've got Sarah Green, who is highlighting the symptoms of ovarian cancer. I don't have any issue with that at all. The issue I have is it says, actress and TV presenter Sarah Green. Actress and TV presenter? Since when? Since when has Sarah Green been an actress? Since when has Sarah Green been presenting on television? I like Sarah. She disappeared for a while. In fact, she's disappeared for quite a number of years. And you, you, you think to yourself, what, where she's gone to? She's married to Mike Smith, and I think they live in Chiswick. And I think, financially, they don't actually need to worry, and they have tried her at various things. But actress Sarah Green, since when did that one happen? Very strange. I always look at these things. I think people give themselves titles, don't they? Model. Glamour model. What else do you do? Do you do catwalk? No, I don't do catwalk. No, I just do topless glamour model I am. Uh, a lot of people tell you about freezing bananas. So when you eat them, you eat them frozen. So as they melt in your mouth, they taste a little bit like ice cream. Why is it that you can't buy banana ice cream? Think about all the flavours you can have. Strawberry and chocolate and lime. There's no banana ice cream. There is no such thing as banana ice cream. I've never, I've never had it. I'm sure somebody probably makes it in America. And I know you can get banana lollies, but you can't buy them commercially. You can't buy banana lollies commercially. I can get them from the ice cream van in Twickenham. He does banana lollies. But, and, and they're actually quite nice. And you can get banana milkshakes. But I've never seen... There you go. Online it's saying... Oh, Sainsbury's do Frank's Dairy Banana Ice Cream. Ban- buy Frank's Dairy Banana Ice Cream. Oh, that sounds nice. I'm going to have to go to that one, aren't I? They do it in Waitrose. We don't have, because we're very upmarket in Twickenham, we don't have a Tesco. Well, I'm going to have to travel to it, but it's in another part of the uh, the world. So, see, they, they do banoffee pie, but they don't do banana ice cream, do they? Isn't it funny? I wonder why banana ice cream is... And also, pear ice cream. Why don't they do pear ice cream? I love pears. I'm now thinking of all the things that they don't do. So, banana ice cream. That's all I want, is banana ice cream. You know, banana ice cream in a cone... I don't want Ben and Jerry's Chunky Monkey. I want proper banana ice cream. And I want pear ice cream. I don't want to buy some foreign manufacturer. I want something British. British banana ice cream. I don't want Ben and Jerry's. All these strange things, all these toppings that they give you. And why is there no pear ice cream? Why can't you have a pear lolly? Have you ever seen any pear lollies? No. Because they don't make them. About time somebody started making this stuff. Because the more I think about it, the more I'm now thinking I need to start a campaign. And we need to do all that with your favourite fruit. Because pear, ice-cold pear juice, is very, very refreshing. Very, very refreshing. JK's up this morning. He says, I'm about to lose you in the Hindhead Tunnel. I put my, my bananas in the fridge. <laughs> that pleases Charlie. Very small banana, though. Very small bananas in the fridge. Because you've obviously got other things in there, haven't you? We'll see you the other side of the tunnel. I get a lot of people who lose me in the tunnel, which is a shame, really. So, I don't know. I just want a pear... All I want is a pear lolly. I'm not asking for anything difficult. If anybody from Lion's Maid or Walls is listening, can you do a pear lolly? Pear lolly... I can see pictures of pears with the juice... Dr- oh, delicious. It'd be so refreshing. Not orange. Perhaps it's too expensive. Perhaps it's too... Perhaps it's too expensive, and that's why they don't make them. And banana ice cream. I just want a nice, smooth ice cream. Banana. Banana ice cream. Come on. Good Lord. Uh, Steve, Tommy Bahamas in Las Vegas for your silk shirt, says Jeanette. Tommy Bahamas. <laughs> sounds, a bit, sounds a bit like a joke, doesn't it, actually? Uh, somebody here from Michael, who says, currently working at the Olympic Village overnight. 
Your witty remarks are getting me through. I know, those overnight shows, they do drag a bit, don't they? They do drag a little bit, but I mean, so you need something on the radio to help get you through and to remind you that it's still only coming up to nine minutes past five and the shift doesn't finish for a while. Latest nightclub is the Marquee at the Cosmopolitan Hotel. Best buffet, breakfast at the Aria, says Martin. I love it. Well, I'm hoping that our hotel does a good buffet breakfast. The one thing that they, da- that they cannot do, they cannot do, is... Um, so I got distracted, actually. I was just reading a text message from Alex, which I'll mention in a moment. But it's the one thing that they can't do in America is bacon and sausages. Please wish my wife good luck with her operation today. We're on her way to hospital now. And uh, this is from Alex Sibley. You know, my favourite big brother reject. who's been re- he, was, he, was, he used to text me every morning going off to his programme when he was doing a programme. And uh, he says, can you do this? Ooh, non-stop with JK now. And, uh, and so then they're now driving. He says, can you do it before 5.30? Is that, is, is this, I mean, the trouble is, do you mean before, do you mean just at 5.30 or afterwards? But Alex Sibley is, uh, is with us on the programme a lot of mornings. You remember he was the one who sang behind the door. That's the way, uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it. You remember? Been a, been a listener to this programme for many, many years now, haven't you? So uh, good luck. So the wife in the operation today. And so they are driving. Oh, they're driving now, so that's all right. They are actually there. He, just, he doesn't mention... Sorry, wife, he doesn't mention name. Isn't that awful? He mentions his own name. He doesn't put your name in it. Come on, Alex. Put her name down there. Poor woman, honestly. Otherwise just known as the long-suffering. Uh, Steve, I work for Metro Foods, and we sell banana ice cream. Oh. I could, a, a pear... You know, the more I think about a pear lolly, the more I'm thinking this is the way forward. A proper pear juice lolly. Not some concoction made with chemicals. It's got to be just pear juice, because I love pear juice. I don't think it's very good for you. But how can you make some? You found a recipe, what, for pear lollies or banana ice cream? Pear lollies. It can't be that difficult, can it? It can't be that difficult. Just water and pear juice and then put it into a mould. What? why nobody's ever thought of it before. Very strange one there. And uh, you could make a, I mean, I, I, could, I could patent Steve Allen's pear lollies. Originated 1865. It could be one of those things, couldn't it? I could do that. Uh, please take me with you, says Francis, to Vegas. I'd be no trouble, honestly. What are you going there for? Who are you interviewing? I'm not interviewing anybody. This is... Uh, I'm just going... I'm going to a magic convention. I love magic conventions. So we're going to a, another one. And uh, we shall stay over there, and it'll be lovely for a week. So I'm afraid you, you don't have me for a week. We don't know who we have either at the moment. I don't think, I don't think they've thought about that bit yet. <laughs> that bit hasn't come up. Uh, do you remember Ronnie Barker doing a sketch about funny flavours as up? Raspberry Ripple Crisps. Raspberry Ripple... Do I tell you what's very popular at the moment in ice cream flavours? Things like curry and stuff like that. Curry-flavoured ice cream. And I think... Waitress, they have wait Heston savoury stuff, but they don't have pear lollies. They don't have pear lollies. Apparently, Joe says pear lollies are common and popular in the Netherlands. Oh, don't I? The more I think about it, I could just eat a pear lolly now. Or failing that, a pear sorbet. That would be quite nice, wouldn't it? Which is just a pear lolly mashed up and half melting. Mel the Milkman says, what's all this chat about you going on holiday? OK, on the condition you broadcast the show from Vegas... He says, we're eagerly awaiting your return. I'm not going till the end of the month. It's not till uh, beginning of October when I, when I disappear. There might be people to come with me on this one. Is this, if somebody can find me pear ice lollies, I might consider it. I might consider it. Pear ice lollies or banana ice cream. That's the only thing we look at. We, we found banana ice cream, didn't we? That was, they say that was on sale in Tesco's. I might have to, 
I might have to drive to Tesco today. The trouble is it's in Witten and it's passport and I don't, you know, and, and Metro Foods apparently, but banana ice cream. Oh, delicious. I'm not going to eat it all, am I? I just want, I just want a little bit, but I want the pear lolly more now because I want something ice cold, ice cold and, and supposedly healthy, which of course it won't be, I'm afraid. 84850. Cynthia says, you can freeze bananas. I freeze them all the time and put half a banana in my smoothie every morning. Oh, I used to make banana milkshakes in my mum's liquidizer, and all you do is just put some milk in and stick a couple of bananas in, and if you really wanted to be flash, a dollop of ice cream. Which reminds me, actually, don't ever have the milkshakes in Patisserie Valerie. They were rubbish. Absolute rubbish. I, would, I thought they were going to be really thick. It just tasted like some colouring. I had a smoothie, which was quite nice, which I think was pear and something. I've got this obsession with pears at the moment. What is the matter with me? It's not normal. Producers found a recipe for iced banana and pear lollies. To get all together, oh, not sure about that. Iced banana and pear lollies. The more I think of, I mean, if you're lying in bed, your mouth is now so dry, isn't it? You're now thinking that you've got to get out of bed and see if you've got any pear juice in the fridge, and you haven't. Because you, you can't buy it. You can find all the other juices in Marks and Spencer's, but Marks and Spencer's don't even do tomato juice. How behind the times are they? Uh, but if you go to Waitrose, they've got pear juice, freshly squeezed pear juice. Delish. I might go and buy some today and just put it in the fridge and just keep it nicely chilled. Because I, I woke up this morning and I had some some coconut water. Delish. Very nice. Because my, my brother's daughter was telling me when I saw her on Sunday that she went to Cambodia. It's a big thing for students to go to Cambodia at the moment. They love going to Cambodia. And she said there, she said, they just take the coconut, slice the top off, stick a straw and give it to you. She said, it's delicious. I said, well, I, I buy it over here. And I buy it from Waitrose, who didn't do it and now do it. So when I go in there, I buy two or three cartons at a time. So today, it's more coconut water and pear juice. I've got this obsession with pear juice. It's not normal, is it? But if the producers found a recipe for ice banana and pear lollies, we're going for that one. Bedroom colours, says Bob. At least two of us are eagerly awaiting the info. This is the colour of your bedroom, which determines whether or not you have an active FEX life. I don't like talking about it because I've obviously got the wrong colour bedroom and it's, it's not working for me at all. And I remember looking at it feeling more and more depressed. I haven't actually... I haven't actually worked out exactly whether or not I should repaint the bedroom or whether I should just give it up. Fifty Shades of Purple. They've asked Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen, uh, home styles expert. He says, I've been telling British homeowners a beige bedroom makes for a beige sex life. Ooh, wait a minute, this could be promising. This could, you'll have to wait a minute. You'll have to wait a little minute. I can't, I can't tell you what it is. But if you want to know which bedroom is the best for a very active boing boing, then I'll tell you in a moment. <laughs> News headlines this morning with Sam Pittis. London Metropolitan University is taking urgent... Oh, I bet we've got your taste buds going this morning now. Even Kevin the Milkman says, I now want a tin of pears, a tin of evaporated milk, a tin opener and a spoon. Skip the bowl, heaven. Oh, pears... Oh, pear, a tin of pears. Oh, lovely, lovely. I used to love pears with that syrup. And then after you've eaten the pear, you'd have the syrup in the bowl and you put the condensed milk through it. And then you just sort of take spoonfuls of that. Delish. <sighs> Wonderful. Apparently the cockle shells in Leon C do banana ice cream and many other different flavours, says Rob. Yes, I mean, I'm just amazed that you can't buy it in supermarkets. Isn't it funny you think it'd be really, 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 really popular. Really, really popular. But uh, apparently not uh, I was in Venice last week, had ice cream, a scoop of chocolate and a scoop of banana. Says Paulie in Bromley. Gorgeous. It's making my... It's got me going. Anyway, for those of you with, a, with an active bedroom or not, 
I'm afraid. This is the colour you should have your bedroom. As Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen says, if you've got a beige bedroom, you've got a beige love life. A beige love life, which is not so good. So, at number 13, grey. Apparently, in the course of a week, 1.8 times you will make a love. If you've got a green bedroom, 1.89 times a week. What colour's my bedroom? Green. Green. Don't ask why. Beige is at number 11, so green's even worse than beige, I'm afraid. Then white. Oh, nobody has a white bedroom, do they? Uh, then you've got brown at number nine. Orange. A number eight. An orange bedroom. Who has an orange bedroom? Oh, we found banana ice cream, incidentally, at Metro Foods. I think they're a wholesaler. And they will deliver banana ice cream, four litres, £5.10. pence. Or oh, they've got banana ice cream from Rossi. Two litres, that's five seventy-five. One times two litres. Oh, oh, lovely. Oh, dear, honestly. Sounds a bit too much. Can we find pear lollies as well? Perhaps we can find Claire pear lollies. What, what, what colour green? It's leaf green. Leaf green. No, no, it's, it's a light green. It's a light green. It's the, it's the green on the screen at the moment in the, on the, um, the telephone thing where it says services. It's that colour green. Not the... Uh, no, where it says chat, then the outer ring of that services thing, that's the colour of my bedroom. It is quite bright, but it's, it's what they call dragged. So, in other words, we, we, we painted it and then scraped it every which way. My, my friend Lucy did it for me. And, no, the whole place. And then over the bed, there's a, a green, dark green canopy. It's beginning to sound revolting, isn't it, actually? It's beginning to sound even slightly worrying, even to me. It has a canopy, which my friend made as well. And it's got the biggest, deepest fringe. It's got a fringe of a foot long running all the way round the canopy. Because the can- I bought the canopy... Uh, from a shop in Twickenham, and it came with netting. It was a net canopy. So, in other words, it's got a ring around the top, which fits onto the wall, and then the netting was threaded onto it around the bed. And so what I did, I took the netting off and got her to make it in green material, and then she put this big... We went out and bought this big fringing, which cost more than the netting did to start with, which was terribly expensive, and then she made the whole thing. So, in other words, it's swagged at the... It sounds vile, doesn't it? It sounds absolutely awful. And there's a big mirror on the back wall as well, at the back of the bed, even more worrying. I wish I'd never started this conversation. Uh, going back to the colours of your bedroom, I can't believe anybody would seriously have an orange bedroom, but somebody might. Uh, if you've got yellow, 2.43 times a week... Pear sorbet. Oh, they do do a pear sorbet. See, look how expensive it is. £11 for a pear sorbet. Pear sorbet sounds delicious. Perhaps they'll send me some. Uh, navy blue bedroom. Oh, way too dark. But apparently very good if you want to get romantic. 2.76 times a week you would be lucky. Uh, black bedroom. Black. Be- Who has a black bedroom? Oh, Simon Cowell has black toilet paper. Did you know that? It's made specially for him. Black loo paper. I've never heard of it either. Uh, number four, pink. A pink bedroom, apparently 3.02 times a week, you could be lucky. Uh, above that, sky blue. It always sounds lovely. That's that nice, that nice colour blue. Number two, red. 3.18 times a week you'll be lovemaking in your bedroom, according to Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. What do you think the most popular colour in a bedroom is? The colour that is apparently more guaranteed to get you your libido up than any other colour. Purple apparently. Purple is the colour that people like. I can't think of anything worse. A purple bedroom. What colour duvet would you have? 
Ooh, I don't... See, at least with mine, it... I mean, everything... Ooh, black satin sheets, God, they're any more disgusting. Oh, dear me. Sort of thing you'd expect to find in Las Vegas, I should imagine. Uh, not for me, I'm afraid. Not for me. Why buy shirt, silk shirts in Nevada? Why not buy Irish linen shirts made by a Sean in London? His shop is on Sackville Street, five minutes from the studio, says Toby. No, I want silk shirts. I don't want Irish linen shirts. I like Irish linen shirts, but I only want silk shirts. I only want silk shirts. And I tell you what I want. I want silk Hawaiian shirts. And I'm going to find them in Las Vegas if it kills me. I love the idea, says Julie, of pear ice cream. Have you tried pear sorbet? Sounds delicious. Sounds delicious. Little ice crystals of pear. Oh, wow. You're in bed at the moment thinking, I wish you'd shut up because I've now got to get out of bed and have a drink of water or do something. Have some juice in the fridge. But I bet none of you listening have got pear juice because it's not the most common, is it? There's lots of things out there, but, but most of you won't buy it because it's actually quite expensive. Tutti Fruity ice cream, says Dee hard to find. None of the main supermarkets sell. It went out a bit, didn't it, Tutti Fruity ice cream? It, it was in for a while, but not now. Listen, Chingford says the restaurant Strada to a William Pear Sorbet. Oh, dear me. And uh, Jay Patel in Wembley says uh, Tesco Indian section do coconut water with real coconut bits in a green can. I've tried that. I get that in my local little Chinese restaurant. Jack's uh, and his wife down in Water Lane. They, they do it there. That's quite nice. But I, I like the coconut water which comes and it's Vito Loco or something like that, which is good. Uh, Harrods do the coconuts with the top cut off. Well, you could probably go to Paul... Paul Cooper in Twickenham and just buy a coconut and take the top off it and get roughly the same effect. You've got to shake them to make sure there's something there. Uh, can you congratulate my mum, Amanda Harper, who lives in Cumbria, but has found her long-lost cousin nearly 40 years since they last met in Chingford. I know, that's the trouble with Chingford, isn't it? <laughs> Steve, our local weather spoons do some type of pear drink. If I have more than two, I start to feel unwell. That's from Nicky in South End. And uh, Dragged Walls is a bit 90s. Yes, I would absolutely agree with that. I would absolutely agree. Coconut ice cream. Mmm. Yes, I love coconut ice cream. Uh, never mind banana ice cream, but I've had to Brussels sprouts. Oh, Brussels sprout ice cream. Get Brussels sprout vodka, which is very nice. And Patricia, stop talking about pear and banana. All I've got is a bowl of cornflakes. Yeah, but you've got your fags, haven't you? So it doesn't, doesn't really matter, I suppose. In the, Go to Freeview, Channel 49. They've got places in America to make any flavour of ice cream. Oh, I know. Have you seen the places where you go and you, you have ice cream and they, then they spread it out on a board and then they put lots of things in the middle of it and fold it over? They do it in this restaurant in Wimbledon. Very dull, I'm afraid. Very dull. <laughs> but uh, I did have it because I, I do like ice cream. I'm not, I'm not huge, huge on ice cream, but I, but I do quite like it. So Tommy Bahamas in Las Vegas for silk shirts. Definitely got to remember that one. I have to write that down somewhere just so I remember where all these places are. Because otherwise I'm going to get there and forget things, aren't I? So it's a purple bedroom in future. Not sure about that. Apparently Scott Mills has told how Robbie Williams helped him beat his booze battle. Good Lord. After the death of his boyfriend at 26, Scott, 38, slept after his morning show and drank all night. He went on air drunk. Good grief. Went on air drunk? A bit unprofessional, isn't it? Mind you, I mean, I've actually been on air. I haven't been... Well, I have been on air, having been a bit tiddly, but only because I did a programme which incorporated food and drink. And so, when you've got a restaurant in cooking, and then they open a bottle of wine, it would be churlish, wouldn't it, not to sort of drink and, and partake. So I have been a bit tiddly on air. I would, I would not deny that at all. I love the idea that dear Colleen... The world's most needy agony aunt. In other words, just made up pile of old rubbish in the Daily Mirror. She's uh, still 
offering advice. But strangely enough, Colleen answered these letters before she entered the Celebrity Big Brother house. Well, when did she find time? I mean, here she's done one, two, three, four letters. So I'm assuming she must have done about a hundred because there's no guarantee of how long she'll be in there, is there? Do we believe that Colleen actually sits down in the same way? Do you believe that Jordan actually writes her own column? No, of course we don't. We don't believe that. And Steve Fuller, who comes from Hove, has had a letter published in the Mirror today. Cheryl Cole is a tough cookie being a Geordie, so I'm not surprised she went straight back to work after being involved in a car crash with her manager, Will I Am. Despite doctors advising her to rest, Cheryl insisted on flying back to Britain with her arm in a sling. I, for one, hope she makes a speedy recovery, you stupid man. Of course she flew back to Britain. She had a single to promote, which is dropping back down the charts. And she's, she's been through it worse, she said. And, of course, bearing in mind, uh, doctors just said to her, do you want to rest? And she went, no, I've got a single to promote. And so that's why she came out. It's got nothing to do with her being brave or a Geordie. She was so brave in the toilets of that nightclub we all remember so many years ago, don't we, when Cheryl had had, let's just call it one or two drinks. Let's just leave it at that. But uh, nothing brave about coming back to promote a single. God in heaven, honestly. You could tell he's one of these people who's probably bought two front row tickets to be Cheryl. Cheryl, Cheryl, you're so brave. You're so brave with your arm in a sling. To be honest with you, I, I worked out the other day, if this had been another driver, if it had been a show, she'd been suing the company, because it's Will I Am. You know, nothing at all. So, I mean, it's nothing to matter with her. She's just got her arm in a sling. It's not in a plaster cast. It's just in a sling. Believe you me, there's nothing the matter with her. A good pint of cider wouldn't sort out, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we, have a perf- uh, we have a purple bedroom, says Gary. And we have that nudge, nudge, wink, wink once a year. Good Lord. Well, that's Croydon, though, isn't it? You live in Croydon. I mean, to be honest with you, there's probably too much noise from the neighbours. And, and Lynn says, Oh, my, green fringe canopy over the bed to go with your red smoking jacket being fed pear sorbet by Teddy. Well, with that colour bedroom, nothing else happening. No, nothing. Nothing. It's uh, Green, apparently, is way down the list. Green bedrooms. But most people, if you live in rented accommodation, I'm assuming that you've probably got magnolia. Magnolia walls would be the most common, and it's probably wood chip paper as well. You get a lot of wood chip paper, magnolia walls, and, and generally fairly plain. I used to cover all the walls of my, play, of my place up with mirrors. They used to do these fake pub mirrors, so I used to buy them down the road. And I had loads all over the walls. It just covered up bad walls. But that's people there. Jason the Bailiff says, uh, now do cider pear cider, which is lovely chilled, but not ideal for the start of the day. Uh, I like the idea of chilled pear cider, but that's a bit, it's a bit lethal, isn't it? I think cider. There used to be, a, a, there used to be one, I forget who the company was, but it was a company called Cidrex, and they, they used to have a jingle, used to, I drink cider when I dry. That's all I can remember. It wasn't done to doodah, doodah day, but it was, uh, I drink Cidrex when I's dry. And, uh, and, and, and they tried to sell it as something quite interesting. I was never that interested, but... Pear sorbet has now got me thinking, and a pear lolly. And if we can find some banana ice cream locally, I'm going to get quite quite excited. But a pear lolly, even just pear sorbet, it's very good for your sorbet, I think, because it's only just water and, and fruit, and that's about all. You could probably make it yourself if you've got an ice cream maker. It makes makes sorbet at the same time. Do tell me your, your, your colour bedrooms. And Christine in Bristol says, my mum's been in hospital, but you've kept my spirits up throughout the worry. She's home now, thank goodness. Well, that's what we're here for. It's LBC 97.3. The time now is 5.30. With Steve Allen. Absolutely guaranteed not. 27 minutes to six. Uh, Jan in South Norwood just texting you from my purple bedroom. Listen, if you're in a purple bedroom, you haven't got the time to text me. You're too busy doing things, so I know you're not in a purple bedroom. Uh, Rob said, Reggie Bozenket used to slur when he read the news, but uh, they called him Reggie Beaujolais. Uh, He did drink. 
He did drink. He was known for drink. Mind you, everybody drank in those days. In fact, sometimes people used to fall off the end as, as they were reading. I mean, they, they, they you know, the, uh, the culture was, was hard drinking. It was journalism. It was, it was, it was coming in and then people went to the pub. I, c- I can list you newsreaders, um, you know, who, who, well, I don't want to say too much, actually, because I've worked with loads of people who, who drink, and they would drink before doing a news bulletin. They wouldn't even think about it. it was, they wouldn't think about not doing it. The culture was drinking. Fleet Street, you could drink 24 hours a day. So it was absolutely nothing when they actually set up the, uh, the news and people were sitting there reading the news. I mean, most of them were three sheets to the wind because that's, that's, it, was, it was just civilised. That's why I was, I was a little bit hurt when Duncan Bark said earlier on, after I tweeted yesterday, I'd had such a good day with doing everything. And then I'd, uh, and then I'd had um, uh, a, a vodka at two o'clock in the afternoon. He said, a vodka at two o'clock in the afternoon. I thought, well, yes, but bearing in mind, I go to bed at six o'clock. So it's only four hours before I go to sleep. So it's quite normal. I mean, we quite like that. The producer likes the idea of coming in, having a, having a whiskey and lighting up a gulwars. I used to love the smell. Of, I used to know, a friend of mine used to smoke gulwars and I tried smoking. They had no filters on them, though. You get half a ton of tobacco in your mouth, but I love the smell of them. It made us feel continental. You know, we go, ooh, French people all smoke gulwars. It was either gulwars or gitans. And, and, every, and I used to love this. I used to think, God, we're really, we're really foreign. We're really in touch with foreign people because we were, because we were smoking foreign cigarettes. Oh, the smell of them. It's like Turkish cigarettes. They were very heady, very heady. I used to love the smell. I never smoked them. But Galois and Jutin, I did try. In fact, I tried most cigarettes, to be quite honest with you. Not particularly good for us. Nick Ferrari this morning, after the news at seven. Doing the papers day, Yasmin Alibi-Brown. And she'll be in. Uh... They're going to be talking about the soldiers who faced abuse at the Olympics. Who on earth who paid to go to the Olympics would abuse the soldiers? I can't believe it. And ahead of her hearing in before the European Court of Human Rights, Nick speaks to the BA staff member who was suspended for wearing a cross to work. She lives just uh, around the road from me. That's Nadia Awida. And she's going to be talking about that one. She's been, I don't know if she's back at work or if she's still suspended. You'll find out more with Nick Ferrari this morning. Uh, plus... Christian rights in the UK, he'll be looking at, of course, on the on the back of that. How much of a role should religion play at work? All of that and more with Nick Ferrari and the team. Patricia says, colour of my bedroom wall, tobacco stained yellow, of course. Oh, dreadful. If you actually... I mean, I know a lot of smokers who don't smoke at home because cigarette smoke does stick to the ceiling and you can literally wipe it off. Joyce says, my bedroom is terracotta. And white. It's very nice. No action on my own until Steve Allen wakes me up at 4am. Thank you very much indeed. That's what we like to hear. And, uh, and one here that says, uh, I've gone for a multicoloured room. Chocolate, maroon, beige and white on a wall each. <laughs> Sunny says the SEX life is, a, is appropriately hit and miss as a consequence. <laughs> Apparently, according to Lawrence Rellin Bowen, if you want a successful love life in the bedroom, it's a purple bedroom. Does it really make any difference? Does it really make any difference? Paul in Kent says it was I drink Idris when eyes dry. Yes. <laughs> I remember the bar by the post office tower where the whole of ITN news were half cut from lunch every day. Well, people went out for meetings and had, and had lunchtime drinky poos. It was considered quite normal. Quite normal. Uh, another one here. Uh, Kevin says, me and the wife have a violet-coloured bedroom. It's amazing how many of you have coloured bedrooms. I seriously thought that the great British psyche would mean that it would be fairly plain, not not bright colours, but they do do some really good colours now. And he says, uh, definitely not twice a week, more like once a month. He said, how do you make eight? Po- how do you make 0.8% love? 
I think it's where you fall asleep halfway through. I don't, I've never thought about it. I don't know. I suppose they worked it out, averagely. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm erring on the side of, uh, of caution. Uh, not more really loud Hawaiian shirts, says Brian, at Twickenham train station. I wore one the other day, and he went, that's a bit bright, isn't it? It was my purple one. And I'm, <laughs> you wait till I come back from Vegas. You wait. You wait till I come back from Vegas. It's all right for Brian, who works at Twickenham State, because he's got the same outfit on every day. You never see him in anything else. He's just wearing the standard South Western trains outfit. <laughs> Where's the best ice cream shop in London? I have no idea. Is there such a thing? Used to be a great one down at Chiswick, but that, that closed donkeys years ago. And that was a, a family run. Family run one. Tesco, apparently, sell Tutti Frutti ice cream. So now, you know, Tesco sell Tutti Frutti ice cream. On the subject of Las Vegas, it's uh, this one here says, uh, hope you enjoy your holiday. I was only there a short while ago, which is good. Um, I'm not surprised that Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen recommends purple. His dress sense is equally appalling. Have you noticed, though, he does wear a lot of purple. He's worn it. I think he's got a purple suit. Perhaps that's why. Perhaps he's got it. Well, anyway, I don't think we want to go there, do we? We don't like to think about that. Uh, I'm going to Rotterdam on Wednesday, says uh, Gary. I'll be sure to try some Dutch banana ice cream, just thought I'd gloat. Thank you. It's the pear lolly. I want a pear lolly now, and I want a pear lolly now. I don't want to have to wait for it. I want somebody to produce a pear lolly. I'd be very happy with that. In Amsterdam, says Louise, uh, banana and pear ice cream are very common, as well as hazelnut, pistachio, caramel, and many other delicious flavours. I just want a pear lolly. I don't want anything. I just want a pear lolly. Or, I tell you what would be delicious, tinned pears with pear sorbet. Now, that would be something... That would be yummy, yum, yum. That would be absolutely fantastic. Not going to happen today, because I don't do tinned pears. There's a very big Tesco store, says Andy, next to Twickenham Rugby Ground, so no need to slum it in Witten. It's in Witten. It's not Twickenham's Rugby Ground. That's in Witten. That's Witten. They, they always say it's Twickenham Rugby Ground, but it's not. It's Witten. That's Witten over there. You've crossed over the roundabout. You're in Witten, I'm afraid. And so that is slumming it, as far as I'm concerned. It is in the chav part of Twickers. It's not. That's Mogden. That's the sewage works. That's Isleworth and Witten. It's nothing to do with Twickenham at all. He says, I've seen Sarah Lancashire, Raquel, shopping in Tesco. Yes, because she lives... Let's say, I, know, I know where she lives. She lives round that area. Not round that area. She's, 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 she's very posh. She's in a very posh place. Uh, 8 for 850... Mark in Crawley watched the television yesterday. Said it looked very similar to GMTV, the set. I think that's what they wanted. I think, to be honest with you, they they worked out that nobody wanted to wake up to somebody as dreary as Adrian Childs, the human Toby Jug. I mean, who was remotely? It was boring at the best of time. Even when he was awake, he was boring. What with her and the ghastly Christine Bleakley? She's so much better now. She's not on the television or anywhere. <laughs> She did feature a few times. Uh, 8 for 850. John says you're so right about uh, Cheryl and the incident. Oh, yes, absolutely. Listen, everybody's got history. Apparently, somewhere in Leon C does an amazing homemade ice cream. Lots of flavours. My current favourite is prune and armagnac. Oh, prune. Actually, prune yoghurt's very nice. I don't know if you've tried prune yoghurt. I do like that. I've had that from uh, Marks and Spencer's. I'm trying to kid myself that prunes are good for me. And uh, Martin has got a purple feature wall in our bedroom with other walls in dove grey and crisp white bedding. Looks nice, but it has had no other effect. <laughs> it's got, yeah, I mean, it, it, I think, I'm not sure if it has to be a, a purple feature wall for there to be any, any action in the bedroom. Or whether it's got to be the whole bedroom has got to be in that colour. I don't know. 
So it doesn't make any difference in my bedroom. Really makes no difference at all. It's only me and Teddy sitting there staring at the wall, you know, sort of counting the days to Christmas off the advent calendar. Um, so purple. I wonder how they worked out that purple was. Perhaps they surveyed people and they said to them, "What what colour bedroom have you got? And how many times a week do you make L O V E?" And people have obviously lied because nobody likes to make out that they don't have any action in the bedroom. So people talk about it all the time. I don't. Uh, on the subject of Cydrex, are you getting Cydrex confused with Cydrex? There was an apple cider flavoured soft drink which disappeared around 1988. There was also a pear flavoured one called, not surprisingly, Pear made by the now defunct company called Whiteways. Victor Lewis Smith called it a foul, resinous, sweet, cloying beverage. Sounds lovely. The name has made a comeback, but it's now very heavily alcohol-based and made by Pepsi-Cola Trinidad. Yes, I mean, I always thought it was it was alcohol... No, not alcohol-based, but I just thought it was... That, that's what I thought it was. I thought it was semi-alcoholic, presumably because I thought that it had been made that way. I don't know, actually. Uh, who's died? The actor Michael Clark Duncan at the age of only 54. He was uh, John Coffey in the film The Green Mile, opposite Tom Hanks. He played the prisoner, wrongly accused of rape, who began to cube. Oh, does he? Do you know, that was such a good film, The Green Mile. I remember watching it and thinking it's such a good film. Such a good film. And I was looking the other day at Tom Hanks, because he seems to have disappeared a little bit. He had other film roles he had, Armageddon, Planet of the Apes and Kung Fu Panda. On the subject of ices, Dad went to Aldi, says Paul, yesterday. As you know, like yourself, diabetic, came home with some lemon and lime water ices, their version of Calippo's. Good job I checked before he had one. Sugar in it, 27. Would have had to scrape him off the ceiling. Yes, I can't have Calippo either. It is just sugar and and fruit flavourings and stuff like that. But you see, lime ice cream, lime ice cream, lime lolly. That's another one you could have. That'd be very refreshing in the summer. A lime, not as good as a pear lolly. I've got this thing about pear lollies now, I'm afraid. I'm going to ruin your day, everybody. Everybody's been mentioning various meanings for tiffin. What about the chocolate bar, the crushed biscuit and raisin, still made by Cadbury's Island and available here as a limited edition? He says, just realised, as you're still under 39, plus VAT, you probably won't remember it, I get you one as a treat on the railway station, usually found next to the beech nut chewing gum machine and the one that punched your name on a little piece of tin. I used to love that. Do you remember that machine on the railway station? It was a big dial, and you turned the handle, and then you pulled it down, and you got your little nameplate out with your name written on it, Stephen. Do you remember that one? I can remember going onto a railway station. It could have been Waterloo or Paddington, and they had a record-your-own-record. And you stood in a booth, and you either went, Hi, everybody, my name's Stephen. I'm on the station, and uh, blah, blah. And then and you'd have three minutes or a minute, and then you'd, you'd put, put your money in the slot. It would record it, and then it would deliver a little plastic record, a little flexi-disc thing, and you could take it home and play it on your uh, on your little thing. It was really good, actually, like in Brighton Rock. They had one in there, did they? Oh, right, never saw Brighton Rock. Very good thing. They're, they're selling today a little portable gramophone thing. It's in a lot of the papers, and it folds out. You put your record on and put the needle on, and the sound comes through the end of the uh, the arm attachment. They reckon it'll only fetch 100 quid. I reckon it'll do tons better than that. Now it's featured in the paper, because otherwise it would have disappeared. But I reckon it's going to be it's going to go for about £1,000. I quite fancied bidding for it myself. <laughs> but it's uh, somebody... Uh, do you like pear drops? No. No. I did when I was a kid. I did pear drops when I was a kid. But uh, now being diabetic, there's not much uh, wonderful. Uh, Claudia says, uh, prune ice cream is wonderful. I had it. In a lot of foreign countries. 
Uh, Harrods sell ice cream packed in dry ice to take home. We used to buy cheap chalk ices just to make spooky effects with the dry ice. And put tinned pears in ice cream in a smoothie make, a bit of milk and turn on. It's fantastic. And Patricia says, in Liverpool, our wheelie bins are purple. I wonder what Lawrence makes of that. Just don't put two together, otherwise you'll end up with loads of... You know what they're like, you know what wheelie bins are like once they get together. Quarter to six. <laughs> Have a check on the news headlines with Sam Pittis. London Metropolitan University. Phil says, do you think the new chat-up line will be, want to come back to my place and see my purple bedroom? Makes, makes a change from seeing your etchings. Do you know how that was ever a chat-up line? I've got no idea. The, the, use of, the, the chat-up line used to be, would you like to come back and see my etchings? I don't know why it ever became... It, perhaps it was a line in a film. I cannot remember. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think there is any such thing as a good chat-up line. It's either, do you want to come back for a cup of coffee? And then they said, do you mean... And you go, yes. <laughs> because there's no, there's no point in lying. I mean, I remember taking somebody back many, many years ago and, uh, and saying, do you want a cup of coffee? They went, yeah. So I made them a cup of coffee. <laughs> Set them on their way. So much easier, I'm afraid. I like that idea of saying, I want to come back to my place and see my purple bedroom. You'll have to make them aware that purple means you're pretty passionate. Pretty, although pink, apparently, is, is fairly hot. But I don't know anybody with a pink bedroom. I can't think of anything. Red, not so, so-so. It can be. It, it depends whether you're going to have a feature wall. I've seen in some of these TV makeover shows people doing feature walls where they do it in wallpaper, and I've always fancied. I remember seeing a beautiful paper once. It was. I think they did it in the Country House Rescue, where they went back to a country house and they went to China and they got this paper made and it was hand painted wallpaper and it was absolutely stunning. And I thought, God, if you had enough money you would have hand-painted wallpaper. And it would be Chinese. It would definitely be Chinese. I'm very taken with a, with a Chinese influence. I would definitely have that. And it would be peacocks and bridges and all and Chinese lettering. Oh, wonderful stuff, wonderful stuff. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, I nearly said something then. And also, I stopped. I stopped myself saying it. Um, Talisa again. Do you know, her agent must be working overtime. Every time you open up the papers, there's more on Talisa. I think she's in Look magazine. And she says here that uh, that men are frightened of her, then they, they aren't really Talisa. It's because they've seen your video and they think you're not much cop. So that's, that's the reason. So they're not frightened of you. Take my word for it. That's how people are... That's how they're, they're talking nowadays. The preening, the pouting, the posing, the spray-tan beauty pageant toddlers are in the paper today. I personally think it's the most disgusting thing that you can ever have. It's bad enough in America, but as long as it stayed the other side of the water, that was fine. Now it's come over here with... Let's just say lots of unattractive children. That's the best way of putting it. And luckily they're not listening, so that's quite handy. But when you've got twins, Stella and Star, and their mother, Roxy, who has defended Stella and Star. I mean, I ask you, I mean, what sort of people are these? Probably the people who've got no idea that they were pregnant. And so they dress them up. And what they end up doing is they end up giving these children false hope. Because these little tr- children are dressed up like... like like little dressed-up children covered in sparkles and stuff like that, which is OK for a dressing-up programme, but not to parade yourself and be taught sexy moves, because one of the little kids in here just doesn't look sexy at all. And, and they're, they're taught to sort of turn round and they've got their hair piled up on top of them. It looks awful. It looks cheap, tacky and nasty. And it was done in a hotel. Uh, in, in, in America, uh, what, what one of these mothers says, I can understand it uh, when, you know, it's swimwear. But here it's just dressing up costumes. Yeah, but it's dressing up costumes and people are photographing your children. That's when it becomes tacky and cheap. And this trend, they say, it's not new over here. 
It's absolutely not new. It's been going on for, for some time. It's only recently that people are, are talking about it, and it is exploitative. It's exploitative of the children. It's tacky of the parents, who really should know better, but they don't. I mean, there is a, a very thin line. Um, it's the mothers who, who dress the children up as dolls to pursue their own dreams, and occasionally fathers. It's deeply worrying, deeply worrying. Cosmetics and revealing outfits, they say, and this is, this is what the mirror is saying, the voice of the mirror, cross the line. It shouldn't be done. Children should be allowed to grow at their own pace and not fast-tracked in competitions which leave others feeling uncomfortable. It is. It makes very uncomfortable view. But the trouble is the parents are so stupid they don't realise because they come from that sort of world. And the mothers are generally desperately unattractive. They're generally the ones who push the, you know, the kids in the prams up and down the aisle street with the fag on and the mobile phone going. And I do see more of that now. Who are these women talking to? They're pushing a pram up and down the aisle street, but they're on the phone. And why do people stand by bus stops in the middle of the pavement? Get out of the way! I hate people standing in the middle. Excuse me, hello? Why are you standing in the middle of the pavement? There's a bus stop. Stand by it. Dreadful people. And so they've now got these little beauty pageants and they dress them up and uh, they parade in front of other people who look at them and go, oh, she looks very pretty. Do you think, do you know who these people are? The answer is no, you don't. No, you don't, I'm afraid. And uh, it shouldn't be, shouldn't be done. A third of nurses apparently have been forced to clean toilets and mop hospital floors and corridors. More than 50% thought cleaning services on the wards were inadequate. Yes, I mean, I, I would say, under my bed, when I was in hospital, and I thought, the hosp- I thought they were brilliant. Don't ever get me wrong, I'm a big, big fan of the NHS. But there was dust under my bed, because I put a pair of jeans under the bed. And when I took them out, they were covered in dust. Because you need to sort of go underneath the beds. And they did come round cleaning, but I didn't think they, was, they were as a thorough as they could have been. But the, the, I think the service that you get in hospitals is fantastic. Big, big fan. Uh, lots of um, pictures in the papers today of Prince Andrew becoming his royal harness. They've used all the old uh, lines, you know, the grand old Duke of York. You know, when he was up, he was up. When he was down, he was down. And so they've used all of those lines, and now his royal harness, because he was... Uh, at one point, he, he did a, he did a 1,000 feet, and they reckoned he raised a million pounds for charity. Well, if he did, it's fantastic. If he did, it's fantastic. Uh, well done to John Press... Um, well, I don't think he raised a million by himself. I think a million was raised for the charity. Through, but bearing in mind, one of the people there was a billionaire, John Caulfield, who had the phone shop. So, I mean, I should imagine he did very... He does a lot for charity. lot for charity. So I should imagine... I mean, I, I don't know how much Prince Andrew raised, but he seems to get most of the coverage on it. John Prescott made wife Pauline cry. Not surprised. Was that after the affair with the secretary or before? I can't remember. But he binned her wedding dress. He t- Oh, dear me. The, I mean, how sad is this, ladies and gentlemen? Who do you think he told this to? Who do you think he told this to? You'll never guess in a million... John Prescott. This is the, 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 the Deputy Prime Minister once was. Didn't quite make it. This is John Little Champagne Socialist Prescott. He was appearing on... I can barely bring myself to tell you. No. All-star Mr and Mrs. What a joke that is, eh? All-star... Oh, I'm with Pauline, the wife. Well, I'm with her today. Don't worry about that. You know, a few years ago, I'm with my secretary. And so here he is. He's on there. He says it was in a box of old possessions. I said, come on, let's get rid of it. And we went to the corporation tip. She had a tear in her eye. Sounds terrible now. The very idea that John Prescott is appearing on All-Star Mr and Mrs. is possibly the saddest thing I've ever read out in my entire career. Dear Lord above. That's the best he can get. All-Star Mr and Mrs. It's a joke, really, isn't it? A joke. Uh, a road has been named Beth Tweddle Close 
in the Olympic bronze medal winner's home village of Bunbury. Oh, that's quite nice. Beth Tweddle Close. You watch, in about 30, 40 years' time, people go, where do you live? Beth Tweddle Close. What? Who's that? I don't know, some woman who took part in some games or something. Beth Tweddle. It's funny, it's, I would want to call her Tweedle, but it's Tweddle. Beth Tweddle. What do you number? 37, Beth Tweddle Close. Bit of a mouthful, isn't it? I'm still, I'm still tempted to go for this eyebrow operation. Three and a half thousand pounds if, ladies, you have plucked your eyebrows to the point of they're not growing back. You can have an operation where they put them back. Although, looking at the picture, I'm not too sure if they're actually... These are coloured in, or whether she really has had an operation. Well, she has had one. 500 hairs taken from the back of her head, planted into her eye... Oh, must have been really... She must have had it done ages ago. Because the, uh, the scarring alone would be quite a lot. Six-hour operation... Six hours. Each one done, O.C. took a strip of hair from the back of her head that closely matched the colour and texture of her eyebrows. A bit difficult with women nowadays, because you don't really know what colour people's eyebrows are. Mike Crate is the fisherman that I mentioned earlier on. He longs for the sweet smell of success. Uh, he's taken part in the British Fish Filleting Championships for 20th time, and he's only ever made second place, and he's just done it again and made second place. He's never been good enough to be number one. He spent 40 years chasing this title... But he lost out again at the weekend. He was up against 20 other contestants, had to gut six different types of fish in front of a team of judges. He was very confident as it was held in his hometown of Cardiff. I don't know why that would make you confident. But uh, sadly, he's, uh, despite not winning, he's been asked to swap his knife for a seat on the judging panel. He's so desperate. He's so desperate. But uh, just remember, Mike, it's not the winning, but the taking apart that counts. It's an old line, but it's worth using if, if you heard it first on this purple bedroom. Ah, uh, dear, green bedrooms way down. Look at that. Just a number 12, a green bedroom. Apparently, 1.89 times a week is the time that, uh, that we make love. <laughs> yeah, if only I was there when it happened, just to make life a little bit more interesting, I'm afraid. But uh, it's not going to happen. Uh, there's a new drug for epilepsy, which gives millions of people hope. That's featured in the Daily Mirror today. And uh, lots of questions which they're asking Dr Miriam Stoppard about. It's all, all illnesses I've never even heard of. I've never heard of some of these illnesses. Front page of the Daily Mail today. Uh, good old Prince Harry does get to the front pages because he's pointing his finger at a little boy who was told by his mum to ask him about his clothes off. Because this little boy doesn't know who he is. He's just this bloke in front of him. And so you've got Prince Harry wagging his finger at this little lad going, don't mention Vegas, matey. Because he talks like that. He talks like that. It's quite, at least you've got lots of pictures of Harry looking quite happy. And I suppose the royal family breathing a sigh of relief that the journalist didn't take the mickey out of him too much. Which is, uh, which is fairly good news. Uh, Andy says, thank you for correcting me, read the Tesco's Witten. I have a friend who lives on that side of the roundabout and claims to be in Twickenham. <laughs> no chance. It's not Twickenham. It's Witten. It's Whitton. They, they call it Twickenham because, we're the, because you get off at Twickenham Station to go to the rugby. But you cross that roundabout, you're in Whitton. Well, it's a, it's a thin line between Whitton, Hounslow and Isleworth. Either way, it's practically slap bang next to the sewage works, which in the summer you can smell in Twickenham. It's that bad, I'm afraid. Mogden, it's called. Not the most exciting place in the world. Uh, on the subject of uh, ice cream, Len says, we had a Safeway on the high street and they did pina colada ice cream. I've heard of this. He says, uh, as you can imagine, it was coconut-based, had that little bit extra, which gave it a fabulous taste. Yes, I remember seeing pina colada, and I'm sure there was a pina colada lolly, 
But we have discovered that they do not make, whilst they make banana ice cream, you've got to hunt it down. We think Tesco's is the place for that one. I hope it's a, hope it's a really good quality ice cream. I wouldn't want to think it was cheap bananas. Something like that. The ice cream van in Twickenham does banana lollies. I recommended that to a group of ladies who were doing the Steve Allen walk the other day. And uh, on the subject of pear lollies, they don't make them, but the producer's going to find a recipe and uh, hopefully produce something because she's got, she's got a maker. So you can sort of make ice lollies at home. She's so middle class. News is next. It's LBC 97.3. It's Tuesday morning. It's Steve Allen with you until 6.30. On Steve Allen. A number of people have asked me this morning, when Prince Andrew did his abseil yesterday, and it was the slowest abseil in living memory, what was the big yellow bag dangling below for? I thought that was a parachute. I thought it was a parachute. It was, it, it was, it was underneath him. And I'm assuming it was a par- in case the rope broke and they could then pull the ripcord and then the, the parachute. That's what I thought it was. I don't know. I really don't know. Patricia remembers the punch-out-your-name disc machines on the stations and the little recording booths and beechnut gum. Kids today with their iPads and Blackberries don't even know they're born. I, I like that idea. I, do you remember the machines that were on the station and you could get a little, a little packet of Payne's Poppets or the Raisins ones and you'd put a shilling in or whatever it happened to be and invariably the blasted machine would stick... And you couldn't open it. And then the train would come in and you'd be... Oh, and just you get on the train and you couldn't get your money out and you couldn't open the drawer and the doors would close and somebody would come along, pull the drawer and they'd get your pains poppets. That used to really annoy me. <laughs> that really, really annoyed me. 84850, steve at uk. Uh, one here, prune yoghurt, but nothing better than fresh fig from the garden. Figs are in at the moment, aren't they? Figs are in at the moment. And uh, very nice it was too. Uh, Phil wants to know if pink is a good colour for, for the bedroom. I wonder if pink-loving Barbara Cartland's bedroom was pink. Um, oh, I'm, actually, I've got a photograph of Barbara Cartland's bedroom because... And I'll tell you why I've got a photograph of Barbara Cartland's bedroom, because I went there for tea once to Camfield House, and she gave me books. I wonder if I've still got this stuff that she gave me. I probably have, actually, somewhere. And she did all her books in bed... So, in other words, she sat in bed and dictated to her secretary to... Um, about the noise? Uh, she dictated to her secretary the books so she, she would do the stories. But she did them in bed. She had the secretary sit by the side of the bed. Uh, Steve, you want eyebrows, caterpillar glued. That kind of solves the problem, which is good. And Kevin says, as a teenage punk rocker, I used to have a black bedroom, but only being 15, there was none of that kind of action. He says, mind you, it's very hard to woo a young lady to the romantic sounds of the Clash or the Buzzcocks. Yes, I'm very, yes, I'm very much on your side on that one. I think it's, uh, I think th- this is the story in case you've just woken up. Um, um, if you've got a purple bedroom, there's, there's lots of action going on. And if you've got a green bedroom, there's not very much action going on. So your, your bedroom determines. Feature walls are still huge. Somebody said they're very, very 90s. No, 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 no. They're on all the makeover, the naughty, very noughties. But it's the, it's the makeover programs. They're all doing feature walls. When they go into people's houses and they go, oh, my mum needs this because she's not decorated the front room for 1,600 years. And they go in there, they always do a feature wall of wallpaper. It looks quite good. Um, Steve, when my wife and I see an unattractive child, we label them as a happy child. That way, if we were overheard, nobody's offended. And yes, many times the proud mother has passed us by saying, thank you. This is the... <laughs> I know, they don't know. That's quite good, isn't it? I think that's actually quite, quite funny. Oh, look, what a happy child. <laughs> ugly child. So you say that. Because you do... I mean, I don't care what anybody says. You do get ugly children. 
You do, you know, they can't help it. And mother's like, oh, look. It's like every bride is beautiful. No, they're not. Many are unattractive. I don't want to name names. You know who you are. You've seen your wedding pictures. You know, even with airbrushing, you don't look attractive. So there's no point. You know, you're very lucky to have got married in the first place. You're very lucky somebody took you off the shelf and actually got you down the aisle and married. But, I mean, to be honest with you, now you've had the children, you're as big as a whale, which is a problem. So you do have unattractive children. In fact, you can see it. I think in little kids, you can see what they're going to look like as adults. Strangely enough, I'm completely the opposite. I was a really attractive child and a desperately unattractive adult. But at least I'm honest. At least I'm honest. Because as a child, I was absolutely stunning. Even I thought I was stunning. I've looked at pictures of me. If you've been to any of the uh, the shows, you'll have seen the pictures. I was very attractive. Very attractive. Unfortunately, sort of all kind of changed. Uh, Colin says, uh, a female I work with had her eyebrows replaced. Now she walks around looking very surprised. <laughs> that big yellow bag, Steve, it, it wasn't uh, apparently a parachute. It was Sarah Ferguson along for the ride. Thank you. I didn't actually think there were any ropes that could have held her at all. Uh, Fresh Figs, very in today. And don't forget, if you want to uh, be in with everybody else, you need to grab bananas soon, because I know people like buying bananas because they're very good for you. Not too many, but one, one or two a day. And uh, they're going to go up in price. And if they go up in price, we'll all be... Comp- Everything goes up in price, doesn't it? Nowadays, there's nothing... That- if you've ever heard people saying, oh, so-and-so's gone down in price. The only thing I think over the years that's actually gone down in price are colour televisions. Colour televisions, when they first came out, were so expensive, everybody rented. Now, they are so cheap. And people say, do you want the extended warranty for five years? You get, It'll be lucky to last five years. I'll just buy another one. They ask you for extended warranties on everything now. Pair of sunglasses, extended warranty. It was so stupid, it's a pair of sunglasses. David uh, in Streatham has deep, violent and burnt orange silk curtains in my bedroom. He said, which I think add a nice feature. You're quite clearly colourblind, aren't you, I should imagine. He says, oddly enough, the carpet in my bedroom is seven year- is several years old, but looks like new due to a lack of traffic. <laughs> well, you're in Streatham, aren't you? Deep, violet and burnt orange silk curtains. I'm sure about that. I, I know orange and purple do go to... I don't know what, what that tells us, because orange is fairly high up the list as well of, of being very, very good. Uh, in the Caribbean, Steve, we buy from roadside vendors and sometimes drink on the spot coconut water, top of the green coconut, neatly chopped off, straw popped in, we're then given the choice of having the shell cut in half, the white jelly eaten with a, a sliver of the shell, quite fun. Probably not generally realise that the brown-shelled fruit we buy in the UK is dried ripe coconut, which is extracted from an outer shell known as green coconut, which produces the best-tasting coconut water and soft kernel called jelly. I do actually love coconut water. I really do. Ice cold from the fridge, it's delicious. But make sure you you actually don't want one that's got bits in it, I don't think. You need to find one that is just pure coconut water. You don't want any of these additives at all. And in the mid-1980s, I saw a variety of ice creams in stainless steel trays at a kiosk in Sorrento in Italy. Among the flavours was banana, slices of arranged banana along the sides and bread and butter. The buttered bread, similarly arranged. I also saw in the Vatican Square a chap selling coconut water from a glass tank with slices of coconut. Oh, how delicious. How delicious. Sounds even nicer. We didn't see anything like that when we went there, but uh, still a good place to go, Rome. We were recommending Rome the other day. Uh, Julie's bedroom is lilac. Which, I don't know what... It doesn't say anything about lilac, I'm afraid, in the papers. You're a bit out on that one. But uh, it's basically purple. It's just a lighter purple. I I don't think it means there's much going on. 
I think lilac is a bit wishy-washy. You need to be a bit more... You have to make a statement. That's why the green that I've got doesn't make any statement at all, I'm afraid. And uh, she said, is the good weather lasting all week? Well, according to the weather forecast, which I checked earlier on, and I'll check it again from Holly Ford, it now says dry with bright spells this morning. Cloud increasing from the northwest throughout the afternoon with a chance of patchy rain. The high 23 degrees, so double it. Add 30, so you're looking at 76 degrees today, 75, 76, give or take. I defy anybody to tell the difference between the two. And tonight, any cloud and drizzle will die out throughout the evening, leaving dry conditions overnight, minimum 13 centigrade. Tomorrow, some areas of low cloud to start with. That will gradually disappear to leave most places with a dry and sunny day, the maximum 23 degrees. Further three-day forecast... Chilly but sunny to start on Thursday, cloud increasing later. Friday and Saturday dry with good periods of sunshine, feeling warm. So it's nice, isn't it? So all the pubs along the river will be looking forward to some good business this weekend because apparently, even even due to the Olympics and the feel-good feeling, you're not going out spending as much money as they wanted you to in the shops or anywhere else, I'm afraid. They're saying that the uh, the retail index is down a little bit. You're not going out there and buying because presumably most of you are, are glued to the television watching the Paralympics, of which, as I predicted, only a, a week and a half ago, we're doing very, very well in the medal table. I think we're up to about 19 medals, 19 gold medals, and that is brilliant. LBC 97. Beauty pageant, Steve, says Anne, the parents don't realise how they're exploiting their children. Well, it, these beauty pageants, the reason we mention them is because today they're in the paper because there was one here. They've been going on in this country for quite a while. Quite a while. It's nothing new. This was one taking place in Lincolnshire. The, the difference is these are desperately unattractive children and it's glitter and thing, And it, it's what children like doing. And I don't have any problem with children dressing up at home. But when you see their pictures in the newspapers, you wouldn't put anybody else's children, you know, people taking pictures of your child. And that's what it is at these places. And so they dress them up and they're all they're all slightly peculiar, I'm afraid, slightly peculiar. And it's it's just not. It's just not something that we want to go down the road of having in this country because the Americans do it. And you've seen the way they primp and these children have their eyebrows done. Their hair is bleached. They're taught to be uh you know, very flirty, flirty with the judges. And this is at the age of about three or four. And over here they've started doing them. I think from a, from about 10 or 11 months old, they, they dress them up. The, the trouble is the outfits are so dreadfully cheap. Even though one man claimed that he spent 1,500 quid on outfits for his children. It just doesn't look like he spent 1,500 quid. It just, it just doesn't look uh, good. Uh, young, uh, young Jonathan Shallot is up early this morning. He must be doing... The last time Jonathan Shallot was up, he was going off to do the papers on Sky. It's only because I turned on the television and there he was. And uh, he says, I love my bananas. <laughs> my PA brings me one at 11.30 every morning as uh, as work. My clients like Kelly Brook. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, you've- oh, he's got Kelly Brook and Lorraine Kelly. God, you must be raking it in at the moment, young Jonathan. He says, I'm about to get on my cross trainer before a healthy business breakfast. What the heck is a cross trainer, Jonathan? Is that one of those... Oh, that's the arm thing, is it? Oh, right. I believe that uh, Susan Bookbinder knows all about these things. She's she's very into uh, very into sort of keeping fit and, uh, and stuff like that. I'll just see her in Lycra, actually, doing it. So that's a cross trainer. You stand on it and... Because I see people out on the town... I thought they were going skiing, and they've got these sticks, and they walk along. That's the same kind of thing, isn't it? It's for keeping you very fit, because I, I'm, I'm quite a fitness guru, and I do a lot of, you know, to look after my body. It's a bit of a temple, Jonathan, as you can imagine, as you've seen me. And uh, so, but not too many bananas, though, please. Not too many bananas a day. Two, I think, is maximum. 
Apparently, Sue says, Prince Andrew, nice to have you with us, Jonathan. Prince Andrew explained that the yellow bag containing contained the rope that he was abseiling in. Apparently, it's too long just to leave dangling, so it's put in the bag to feed out gradually. And Sue can't eat bananas, she said, because because she has a bad reaction to them. I'm still getting over the fact, actually, that Professor Jonathan Shallot has Kelly Brook and Lorraine Kelly and Talisa. Have you got any men? Do you have any men in, on your books, Jonathan? Uh, John in Brighton, he says, my bedroom is red and cream. What's the verdict about that? I think red and cream is quite nice. It's not my choice of a bedroom, red and cream, but I can see that. It, it, yes, because apparently mine's avocado and emerald. Not. But anyway, what colour is your, your, your bedroom, Will? Do you have, oh, but it's quite plain, isn't it? I can just imagine, actually. Is it magnolia or something like that? Or is it... A creamy colour. That's way down the list, I'm afraid. Way down the list. This is the... Um, depending on what, what colour bedroom you've got determines how much action you get. Red bedroom. Yes. Used to. Yeah, previously. Mm. Unfortunately, now you've obviously just settled down and there's not, not, not much going on at all. Probably about sort of 1.8 times a week or something. That's how it works out, isn't it? How they work that out on your bedroom... I've got no idea. If you're a young, single person and you're taking people back, you don't have the conversation in the pub or the bar, do you? By the way, I've got a purple bedroom. You know, you don't tell people that because they wouldn't know about it. Uh, Helen says, the bad news is my favourite colour is green. Luckily for me, there's not too much in my bedroom. No, green is, is not a good colour at all, I'm afraid. Not a good colour at all. Uh, the paper that Little Petri's article... It's not a little article, it's just a little mention. And it's in The Sun this morning. The Sun. Oh, and incidentally, there's a, a band that people are buying. It's a sports band. I've never heard of it before. But this one is um, a sports band. It's a bracelet. It's become the latest must-have amongst amateur athletes hoping to improve their performance. Tests on a black bangle made by Shoesy showed it did nothing to improve the skill and accuracy of an amateur rugby player. This bangle is one of a range which contained a chip said to have been programmed to make the cells in the blood separate, boosting circulation. The Merseyside Skeptic Society bought two of the bracelets and removed the chip from one of them. A semi-professional rugby player then took a hundred conversion kicks, half with each bracelet, but without knowing which was which. The results showed the chip had made little or no difference to his performance. It cost 60 quid, as usual. You know, another piece of rubbish that you don't need. A friend of mine's got a, a bracelet, like a, a bangle, and he pushes it and it lights up. And it tells him uh, what his, um, not his blood count, but how many steps he's done that day. So you can see, it, it, it is a bit like a pedometer, but it does other things. And apparently... It's a Nike... That's right, it's a Nike... Oh, have you got one? It's a fuel band, is it? Oh, you want to get one? Bit of waste for you, really, love. But, you know, it's a kind of, You don't need it. I mean, it just... It would be wasted, you know, because you don't look the fittest person I've ever seen. And But he, he's got it. And when it... When it's, you don't need it. You don't need it. You're, you're somebody of my age or, or somebody of... You know, Susan's age would, would probably need it because it's, you know, you get to that time where you sort of, you want to get out there and do the do the fitness bit. Frankly, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered at all with fitness. I did a walk yesterday. I did probably about three miles and that was good. And I did pick up the pace, but I'm, I'm really not that bothered by it. I it'll be my downfall in the end. People will be saying, you know, had he done a little bit more exercise, he would have been a little bit better. But I, I just can't, I can't get into it. I can't get motivated. You're supposed to have a trainer. If you have a trainer and they work with you, it's supposed to be an awful lot better. Uh, in Palermo, says Mark, I had banana ice cream packed into a brioche-typed bun. Oh, that sounds quite nice. I like the idea of putting ice cream in a bun and sort of eating it like that. Some people might turn their noses up at things like that. But uh, no, that, that would work for me. That would definitely work for me, I think. Uh, 84850, stevedlbc.co.uk. Another one here. 
which you take every time in your your sort of bedroom colours, and uh, which is quite, quite nice. Thank you very much indeed. It's always interesting to find out what you've got. Uh, Joanna says, I think Jonathan Shallot has got Russell Watson as well. <laughs> Stephen Twickenham says, your body is like a temple, a bit like mine, closed in winter and likened by old people. Oh, it's not very nice, is it, really? Not very nice. There is a programme called Toddlers and Tiaras, and it's about beauty pageants. I don't like these beauty pageants. I'm, I'm, I'm really... I can't get into them at all. Uh, coming up with Nick Ferrari, after the news at 7, Yasmin Alibi-Brown. Uh, also, Nick will be speaking to that BA staff member. This is Nadia Awida, who was suspended for wearing a cross to work. Should she win her case or not? We'll find out just how much part religion should play in your day-to-day life. And have we lost respect for the troops? Because soldiers have faced abuse at the Olympics. I can't believe it. This is a former soldier, now a freelance reporter, and he's had abuse shouted at him. I can't believe that somebody at the Olympics would actually shout abuse at at soldiers doing their job down there. Coming up after the news at 6.30, they'll be talking again about religion, as the European Court of Human Rights hears four separate cases. Uh, Plus, in the public sector report by the think tank Policy Exchange claims that bringing the pay and pensions of public sector workers in line with their private sector equivalents could save £6.3 billion a year. Thousands of kids starting school today, crammed into temporary classrooms in Barking and Dagenham, seven out of ten schools have taken on pupils beyond their standard number. And rent, one in three Londoners, have been ripped off by a letting agent. There's a surprise. There's a surprise. And the good news is that they're clamping down, mainly in Southall, on all the people who've turned their garages and sheds into places where people are stacked on top of each other and live. Totally illegal, of course, and these slum landlords are going to get their comeuppance in court which is going to be good news. So we've managed to sort out the squatters. Now we've sorted out, and it's mainly Southall. They flew over Southall, and they showed you exactly how many people have converted their garages and sheds at the bottom of the garden to places where, where people live. Uh, Professor Jonathan's clients, he says, as I puff away on a cross-trainer, Vinnie Jones, Mark... Oh, yes, I've forgotten about Mark Wright. The captain of Ireland rugby, Brian O'Driscoll, and uh, Peter Wilson, the gold Olympian. And he said, and as of last week... I got Arlene Phillips. Ooh. We had Arlene Phillips in the other day, actually. Jonathan, we had him, ha- had him, in. had her in the other day talking about Alzheimer's. So listen, good luck on the cross trainer. Not my kind of thing at all, but uh, I'm sure it turns you into an even more gorgeous person than we know you are already. Okay, uh, right. Coming up very shortly to be the news. Let me just quickly run through the front pages of the papers this morning. If you're just waking up, uh, the Daily Mail, Prince Harry. They like Prince Harry. And also the uh, arrest, it's no crime to fight burglars. This is the minister who has backed the couple arrested over the cottage shooting. Relatives and neighbours says Andy Ferry and his wife Tracy have been repeatedly targeted by raiders at their isolated college. So they fought back. They actually got guns out and started fighting back. And that formed the basis of what Duncan was talking about overnight. The Daily Mirror. Fake tan, fake eyelashes, lip gloss, bikinis, makeup. The tots whose parents enter them into the British beauty pageants are just 20 months old. It's disgusting. It really isn't very nice indeed. The uh, Daily Express record-breaking Ellie is a golden girl once again in the Paralympics. She's got two gold medals. Two gold medals. And Prince Harry, cheeky Alex, dared to say about the prince, glad you've got your clothes on. He was told to say that by his, uh, his mother, because other six-year-old wouldn't have the faintest idea who Prince Harry was, I shouldn't imagine. The son, the man who has uh, come out in sympathy with his uh, girlfriend, who is pregnant, he's got the bloated tummy, he's got the weight gain, he's got the hot flushes, the exhaustion, the cravings and the sickness. 
I feel like that myself some mornings, I really do. Anyway, listen, have a lovely, lovely day. It's going to be good weather for you today, so you might as well uh, get out there and enjoy it. Bad news if you're back at school, but uh, ha, 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 as we say in the business. I'm back with you tomorrow morning between 4 and 6.30. Don't forget to podcast and follow me on Twitter. It's at Steve Allen Show, at Steve Allen Show. I promise you not to open the vodka before at least 3 o'clock this afternoon, and I'll try and have another busy day. Nick and uh, the team, Ferrari, that is, after the news at 7 o'clock. Coming up next on LBC 97.3, the morning news with Susan Bookbinder. LBC.